Stand by for action. Everybody, welcome back to the Punk Till I Die podcast. I'm Tom Deal. Say hello. Uh, hello. I like how the fact that you never even try and give a number these days, Tom. No, no, we don't even try to number episodes. We have so many. We have so many in the can. Like if Neil and I died, we'd still have like six months worth of material for you. So actually, that's that's true because this this will be the fourth one that's backed up, and I just dropped one a couple days ago. Jesus Christ, man, we are busy. We might have to go back to two. We might have to go back to two a week or something. Yeah, well, I don't know what we but, can do. Uh, of course, you can uh, email us at uh, punktodai77 at gmail, or you can find us on our pi- our Facebook group or Instagram or all that stuff. Um, I think uh, I hope people have enjoyed. We've had a wide variety of guests lately, and I hope people have been enjoying that. Oh, and also, when Neil, when it was just Neil and I, we had a wide variety of things that we pissed and moaned about, which I hope people enjoyed that. <laughs> That's true, but, but, but you are right. There's been uh, from uh, Derwood Andrews from Generation X to. Uh, yeah, um, Amato uh, to the guy who knocked out Danzig. Yeah, to, to the guy who uh, knocked out Danzig. <laughs> yeah, to my uh, friend from Detroit. Yeah, I know it's it's all been good, man. Yeah. So okay, today's guest actually Neil kind of has an interesting interesting backstory, and usually I don't make intros this long, but I'm gonna today. He uh, for one thing, he's played in a ton of bands. Some of these might sound familiar to you: Drunken Cholos, uh, Cupid. I don't know that one. Nobody's one of my all time favorites. She's a guy. The Connection, The Guts. The new Trocaderos, I don't know them either. The Queers, the Trailer Sluts, and Wimpy in the Medallions. That's his, that, according to his Discogs page. But the funny thing is, a couple of years ago, and he's been carving out a nice little solo career for the last few years. Indeed. A couple of years ago, I was very, very high on his solo album, and it ended up being, I don't know, top five or top ten of the year or something. I think it was when I was still writing for Pump News, but I can't remember. Which album was but, that? Uh, and, I, and we had been. T- Which album was that? That was it? the Charts and Graphs. Charts and Graphs, album. right. And, and, but the funny thing is, and we had been talking about uh, trying to get it together for him to come on and talk to us then. And I think that was, was that 21 or 20? 21, yeah. 21, but, yeah. 21, okay. But the, but he was, I think he was busy with, it was just bad timing and he was going on tour or something. It was just, it just didn't work out and I kind of let it drop. And then, of course, six weeks ago, I'm in Milwaukee with Mark from the DUIs, of course, who knows not only every person in Milwaukee, but apparently every person in Wisconsin. <laughs> and, and we're standing there, and this unnamed individual comes up and says hello to Mark, and I, you know, we kind of give a nod, and he walks away, and I said to Mark, "Is that Jeff Palmer?" And Mark said, "Yes." And I said, "Man, I, I'm Facebook friends with him, but I don't know him in real life. I never met him in real life." So you know, I had a bunch of beers, and I, I don't want to speak for Jeff. <laughs> As you want Jeff to had, do, but sure. I literally went outside and I said, "Hey, Jeff, my name's Tom. You know, I'm from the Punk Tiny Podcast. I, you know, write for, I write about punk stuff and blah blah blah. And you know, it's just real friendly conversation. I didn't scare him. I don't think I came. And he said, strong. "Get the fuck away from me, you weirdo." Well, no, it's funny. And, and I said, "I tried to get to the podcast a couple years ago, and we we exchanged phone numbers. And then I, I late next day, I said to Neil, now the context, of course, Neil, is that we we're at a Pansy Division show, right? Right. It was a very diverse audience, more more so than most punk shows. Wouldn't you agree, Jeff? 
Oh, for sure, yes. <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun actually. But uh, it was a blast. Dude. But Such the next day, when I said to Neil, "Hey, Neil, I got a guy's phone number at the Pansy Division <laughs> show," <laughs> I think he was a little concerned about it. <laughs> but anyway, we're fi- I'm glad to finally welcome Jeff Palmer. Uh, after a couple of years of trying, I'm glad to finally have him with us. So, how you doing, Jeff? After that I'm- long blustery intro. <laughs> no, that that's a great intro. Yeah, I'm so happy. Like that that show was a blast. Anyways, because it's um, my buddy Joel. He was from the MTX Mr. T Experience. That's where I had first oh, yes. met him, like okay. years and years ago. And the, we've always just like kept in touch, send each other like postcards, and follow each other's music, and write to each other. But I hadn't seen him in. Well, that's not true. He in Boston. He lives in Massachusetts now, so he would come out and hang out at shows sometimes if we were playing. Like if I was playing a show, or if I was playing with a Kurt Baker band. Um, and stuff, but I had never seen him play with Pansy Division. So what? So what, what is, is he? What is, is he? The drummer or the guitar player? He's the bass player. Oh, the bass player. Okay. Yeah, and then he uh, he had his own band after Mr. T Experience called the Plus Ones. They were on lookout with the drummer from Screeching Weasel, um, Dan Panic, and then he oh, yeah. did his, a band, the uh, Fatal Flaw, and um, stuff. Yeah, Joel Joel's awesome. But I didn't even realize he's been playing with Pansy Division for like over ten years. <laughs> he calls himself like the token straight guy in the band. <laughs> you know. Oh, so no, he's he's the lead guitar player of Pansy Division then. Yeah, he's sorry. The, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I was gonna say because the bass player, the bass player for Pansy Division has been there forever, right? Like it's the guitar player and the or the main you know, the guitar player, singer, and him have been there like the whole time. I think. Yes. Yes. Sorry, I, I was. Uh, just, I know him as a bass player because that from Mr. That's what he didn't have. Yeah, yeah, he's the okay. guitar, the other guitar player, lead guitar player. You know, I don't know what they call actually did. I didn't know that. You know, we we had Doctor Frank on a couple years ago. He was he's a great guy too. We oh, uh, yeah, I I love them. I actually just finally got a a vinyl copy of. Um, Dr. Frank's solo record, The Show Business is My Life. It, it just came in today, actually. <laughs> ah, did you, get the, did you get the Road to Ruin reissue? Uh, no, no, not a reissue, just the original Lookout one. I had had it on CD forever ago, and I just, I was like, you know, it, it popped into my head, and I was like, I'm, I'm just going to get it, and I popped on Discogs, like we were just talking there you about, go. and boom, there you go. A copy for like nine bucks or something. I was like, hmm. well, that's <laughs> fine now. Are you Jeff? Are you a New Englander? By I, you're a New Englander, I assume, right? Originally, I am. Yeah, I was born in Massachusetts. I lived um, outside of Boston until I was about five. Then um, the family moved to New Hampshire, Portsmouth, mm. New Hampshire. Would so mm. just like you know, forty five minutes north of Boston. Well, that explains uh, your that explains the Joe Queer connection, obviously. Oh yeah, totally. Like Joe and Wimpy, and then even like Al Barr from the Dropkick Murphys. Is my good um, buddy from for he's from Portsmouth as well. So well, we'll ask you about that. We'll ask you about that after we're done recording. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. You got some personal questions, I, uh, Tom? Well, no, I, you know I've been I've been sort of complaining about the. I know Al's got some family stuff going on or whatever. At least that's the official company line. But these records without him are just so awful. These Dropkick Murphys records without him, he just he needs to come back or I don't know. They need to do something. Anyway, so that's neither here nor there. So you, but recently you're now a Midwesterner. So only two things make a man pick up his roots and move away, and that's either love or a job. So what's what's your uh, what brought you to Wisconsin? Uh, okay, well, uh, I mean, I don't think it's. Not either. Well, I guess indirectly it's love. I guess my my girlfriend um, wanted to go back to school, so got accepted to a PhD program 
out here at the University uh, of Madison. Okay. But it kind of all lined up like, I don't know, we've both like traveled together and separately like tons and like love love New England. Like I'm, I am a New Englander, I love it, but I had been wanting to just like move anyways because I, I don't know, it's just, I love New England, but I I was just getting over it. And every time I travel, I'm just like, oh, man, the music scene and the people are just so much nicer hmm. and there's like more happening. And then hmm. I get back to New England and like I like, you know, being in New England, but I'm just like, it's not the same. Like people just don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't want to talk shit because I have so many friends <laughs> sure. in New England that play in music and do great things, and and I'm fully supportive of it. But I've just always enjoyed since I started traveling, being outside of that music community. <laughs> um, so I'd been wanting to kind of move anyway. So it just sort of aligned because we'd been talking about moving, and then she wanted to go to grad school. So it it was like perfect. Well, I guess we'll just live wherever you get accepted. I didn't in any way because it's, you know, a big commitment and it's, you know, a career path. So I wasn't putting any pressure or my opinion on where we would go. But I had my fingers crossed that it would be Madison out of the other choices just because <laughs> I had been out here and kind of knew some people and just really liked the vibe here to begin with. Um, and it all worked out. Well, it's, it's funny because you picked a place where the weather is nearly as miserable as where you came from. <laughs> right. Shit. I will, it's no so, shit. We're like, oh, how are you gonna deal with that? It gets, I hear it gets really cold, and I'm like, I'm from fucking New England. You don't think yeah, it gets yeah. cold in New England? Like, we get eight feet of snow. Yeah, I mean, plus, like, even if it was dras drastically different, I, I would have been fine with it because I was just um, ready to embrace the change, no matter what it was. Tom, I'm, and Hawaii would be a change, and that would be yeah, that would be, that would be kind of nice. Yeah, so would San Diego. <laughs> but t Tom, have, have you ever been to Madison? Because I never have, and people always rave about how nice Madison is. What a great! So here's the thing with Madison, Neil. I really haven't, but I, you know, I I went to school in Wisconsin. So like in fourth grade or something, I went to the state capitol. Does that count? <laughs> that totally counts. <laughs> I don't know. But I, you know, there was they were going to do. Uh, what was the? Is it Dirt Nap? Was it yep. Dirt Nap that was going to? Are they in Madison right now? Is the guy in Madison? He's not. He's um, in Milwaukee. He was at the Pansy Division. Show, oh, is he really? Actually. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I remember um, they were going to do a festival in Madison, like a big, they, a big festival there. And I, I think I don't know if it ever happened or not because it was like COVID. But I was it, considering going for that. It did. So he actually he lived in Madison for a, a really long time. He actually lived about two blocks from where um, I live now, <laughs> which is funny. Um, but yeah, he did. He did a festival. We moved here um, the beginning of September 2022, and the fest was like a week before we moved into town. Ah, I just missed. It. I was so pissed because so many people I knew that aren't from here had all come into town, and I'm like, oh my god. They had, uh, some, that had some big uh, had some big names in a couple of reunions. It was a good yeah. It was a good good festival. Is Bay totally. City in Madison? He's great. So. What's that? Is what? Is Bay City no, in Madison? Oh, oh that's in Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Milwaukee is about an hour um, from from Madison. But that's the other thing I love about living here. Like in New England, like you have Boston or Portland, Maine, and they're they're fine. But then 
any other big music hub is going to be like New York. So then you're looking at like a you know on a Two good day ago. in the middle of the night with no traffic, you can do it in like a little over four hours. But <laughs> yeah. realistically, more like five and a half, six, which is fine. But here, I could we have like Green Bay, Milwaukee, Chicago. Plus, just tons of other towns that are. Minneapolis you know, isn't really. Minneapolis is doable. Totally. Minneapolis is doable. And then you can just keep going west. And it's only like, you know, every three, maybe four at the most. But between like two to three hour drive, you can be yeah. in another pretty decent music market scene to go to shows, hang out. And like everyone's just so friendly. It just like really opens up like the possibilities of being able to see other bands and and stuff it's awesome i'm in so i'm in grand rapids i'm kind of across the lake from milwaukee um and i agree 100 like i can be in detroit in three hours i can be on the south side of chicago in three hours indianapolis in four hours (laughs) and on a rare occasion i'll even go to milwaukee five hours see being from being from england that is just mind-blowing because in england we wouldn't consider even going an hour probably to a show at least we wouldn't back well i I, I know that and i i get that and but you know being being midwesterners and probably new englanders too we just we're used to driving like the thought of driving five or six hours doesn't phase us in the slightest (laughs) yeah you do and I always, I always grasped it because I would be touring with bands and on the road all the time. But back in New England, you'd see these bands from the Midwest area and stuff, and they're always doing what looks like, you know, like a week long tour, and they're hitting all these places. But really, they're only going three or four hours between each other, and yeah. so. But it can be, you know, then you're in a different state, a different major city. Yeah. So they're able to cover so much more land and just always be be out playing, but they're not driving like seven, eight hours just to get to do one show. They can easily be like, yeah, I'll open up for, you know, pick a band in Chicago because it's a fucking two-hour drive for them. They can yeah. still yeah. come home and sleep in their own bed, you know? Yeah. Like, but for us, we'd get an offer, and it's, you know, New York City, which is super fun, but then we're looking at five and a half hours down there playing, then you have to crash, and then if you don't have another show, you're just driving back home. So you're doing, like, you know, pushing with stops to piss and everything, like, you know, 11 hours yeah, in the a car two day. to play for 30 minutes. Yeah. Vir- virtually impossible to make money with the cost of going down there for one show or anything else. Right. I mean, I stopped the whole even thinking <laughs> about money and music thing <laughs> a long time ago because i just like doing it if i if i tried to look at it in any model a business model mindset <laughs> then there's absolutely yeah. no reason i should be doing music in any way shape or form <laughs> he's, so, he's he's given up the making music for money he's given up on the encouraging his girlfriend to become a phd <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go that's the classic yep. that's the classic musician path <laughs> yeah you go. yeah pull your tell you what, basket. We, better, we better play a song we've got quite a few minutes in so we're, we're gonna so it's funny because the first one you sent was kind of like the opening single off your uh album from 2021 the charts and graphs album um, yep is that so? A guy, one of our regulars, said, "Ask him about that song. Is that a true story? Because you kind of—I know you've kind of explained it before. But is this? I mean, is this a true story? Or is this sort of a made-up thing just for fun? Or tell, no. us, tell us a little about the song. It, it's a totally one hundred percent true true story. So I, you, when I was a kid, I don't know, probably like thirteen or fourteen, I was always tuned into the punk station on WUNH, which was the University of New Hampshire." They did a punk show called No Rules. 
and I would always tape. I would tape it if I could, you know, or just listen to it. And sure. so they they played the, the that that Dickie song, and I was just like, oh my god, this is so fucking good. It was like this earworm, and like. I, I I thought it was many more drugs, and I'm like, oh, this is hilarious. So <laughs> did you tape? So did you tape that one, or was it just I you just heard? I tape that one because if I had, I would have been able to bring the tape to the store or listen sure, to sure. it again sure, to be able to figure it out. But yeah, then I'd like I'd go to the record store, and I'm like, yeah, it's like you know many more drugs, and I'm trying to sing it and figure it out, and <laughs> it, just, it you know later on. I like you know found out. So I thought, how, how long did it take you? To, how long did it take you to find out? I mean, had you given up? When you finally found out? <laughs> no, I mean, it was, I mean, because this was also, like, we had computers at school, but I couldn't, like, use it. We didn't really have computers at home to just Google stuff and figure it out. So it was sure. probably, like, maybe a month and a half, two months. And we only had one little record store to go to as well. But then I ended up seeing the girl, Tam- Tamara, actually from that queer song, Tamara's a Punk. That's They're not an art. Yeah. Um, so then I ran into her and I was just asking her about it. And after like 10 minutes of her just looking at me like I was the dumbest person she's ever heard of, she's like, oh, I think you're trying to talk. You mean um, many Mo and Jack and you know, <laughs> not, not many more drugs. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so it's always just been, been in my head. Did you then, did you know it was the Dickies, though? Or do you not know that either? No, I didn't even know what band it was. Huh. So... Uh, <laughs> It was because it was my first exposure to to that kind of music. I was just blown away with the with that song. Like I'd listen. My only way to get punk was listening to that to that punk station, and then just getting copies of Maximum Rock and Roll and reading the reviews and blindly ordering records that I thought sounded like a, a cool review or something I'd like, and then <laughs> sticking three dollars in a sticking three dollars in like a piece of paper yes. and holding it up, so yeah, hoping that's the way just we did it. Totally. something back. And then there was one guy, an older guy that worked at the the one record store in downtown Portsmouth, New Hampshire, called Rock Bottom Records, that knew about punk, that would always be like, you know, they didn't have a big punk selection, but he'd be like, oh, hey, you need to get this Descendants cassette, you should get this, you should get that, like, hmm. and just really started helping to open my, broaden my, you know, the, the horizons of there you go. the path I went down. That's funny. All right, let's play that song, y'all. Great, great song. All right. Good one to start with. <laughs> yeah, so this is uh, First One Tonight from Jeff Palmer. This is uh, Many More Drugs. You almost said Many More Jack. Many More Jack. <laughs> Many Mo and Jack. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Everybody does. <laughs> Drugs. You know what I'm after. Many more 
All right, that was uh, first one from Jeff Palmer tonight. That was um, uh, I almost said it. I almost said Jack. Many more drugs off of uh, Charles and Drafts <laughs> from twenty twenty one. I I think Jeff's quite a bit younger than I am. I guess he's at least ten years younger than I am. But I, you probably don't know this, Neil. I don't know. You know my friend Scott, who you know really well. I travel with all the time. Yep. Goes to shows with me. My date for the Pansy Division show. Um, <laughs> he was in the Coast Guard and he lived in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. I actually no have shit. been to Port. I actually have been there twice, um, and the first—I don't remember the first time as well, but the second time, my brother and I went, and we went to the Elvis Room, which had recently become the E Room, and it was just a random—I don't know—Wednesday night, Thursday night, whatever. They had beer at that point. It wasn't just a coffee shop, but um, the bands that played. There was a touring band from town that Jeff may have heard of. They're called the Nobodies. Okay. And the local opener was like some like anarcho punk band, and pretty much most of the crowd left after they played. And a few of us hung out and you know hmm. bought like nobody CDs and stuff. But I, yeah, so I, I have a little, I actually have a certain fondness for uh, Portsmouth, uh, New Hampshire. It's a fun, fun little place. Had a decent <laughs> little punk scene, really. I thought at least. Oh no, there, there totally was. Like around that time, the Elvis room was fantastic because you had. Joe King, like Joe Joe Queer, lived mm-hmm. just right in Portsmouth, and so you know tons of bands would come in because of that. Then yep. you also had Al Bar, who before Dropkicks, you know, had the Bruisers, Bruisers, yeah, which yep. was his band. So they tons of people would be through town for him. Then there was also John Clark, who ran a record label called Ringing Ear Records, and he was in a band Sinkhole. Oh yeah, I'm um, too. Okay. Yeah, so the Sinkhole, um, and before that they were the AGs. They had toured with No Effects on like one of No Effects's first tours, and mm. their record label had a bunch of cool bands on it. So you had this cool little that trifecta of the three of them that were all into you know deeply rooted in slightly different um, avenues of punk, all bringing bands into town, and they'd all you know kind of help with you know make suggestions for the booking person at the Elvis room and you know be around and people wanted to come to town it was yeah it was aw- I saw so many fucking awesome bands so what, what year would you have started going there um I would have started going there probably late 94 okay so that so that actually overlaps so the year I was there that I went to that show was 1996 hmm. and yeah. the, reason, the reason I know that is because I had vacation time and my wife at the time my yeah, we were married. We were just married. Didn't have... I was going to say my wife at the time. She's my wife still, but I couldn't remember if we were married yet or not. But anyway, <laughs> she had started a new Uh-oh. job, and she didn't have a lot of vacation. I had a bunch of vacation. And I was considering either going to see Scott, which I did, or go to the stupid Olympics in Atlanta. So I know it was 1996. Remember those, the bomb and all that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 96 Olympics. I have culpable deniability. I was not in Atlanta when that bomb went off. Yeah. But, <laughs> this sounds hey, made yeah, up so to me. Was, that was 96. Yeah, I remember that. My brother had the best fake ID. He was only about 19, and uh, it was pretty fun getting him drunk. Well, maybe you guys bumped into each other at the bar. Well, he wouldn't have been yeah, at the maybe, bar. But, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I had, I mean, I had I, an Elvis mug for years, but I don't know what happened to it. I think I lost it. How big of a place was that? It wasn't oh, tiny, I mean, but the band played on like one side, like a narrow kind of... I could still picture my brain, but... I. I think, like, if they weren't concerned, which they usually weren't, about fire code and all that, you could squeeze a hundred people in. Oh, you wow. think that few? Huh. Yeah. 
I mean, I guess I'd have to talk to somebody else because there was it was like a long shotgun yeah, bar. Yeah. Yep. Uh, then the other side was the same size as that, just without the bar, but there was a pool table in the back and couches and stuff. And like a four person band standing on that stage, like you only had from the neck of your guitar to, you know, the singer standing in the middle, like a few inches. Like everyone was pretty close. Did you ever get a chance to play there or were you, or were you too young? Oh yeah, no, no. The, my first shows and stuff would, uh, were playing there. My very my first band, the Useless Fucks. Um, <laughs> our first seven inch came out in early '96, and we played with Chicks Dig It there. We played with Anti Flag there. We played oh, with a shitload kidding. of bands. Wow. So, but, and I was going to shows there for at least a year before that. So, so the band, dude, the band that opened for Nobody's when I was there, I, I swear, and, and maybe you'll remember this, and maybe I'm crazy, but I think they were called like Ten Thousand Tons of Napalm or something like that. Or it's, is that? It's thirteen tons of napalm. Okay, so I okay, so it's, I'm not totally off. Okay, I, no, you're you're you're. I I have their T-shirt. That's they were like buddy. an anarcho. They were kind of like a, a casualties type thing, right? Oh, sort totally. Of. Yeah, yeah. The the singer <laughs> is my buddy Bryn. I was just texting with him like oh, that's funny. Before uh, calling into this, ah. yeah, he's a great guy. He's actually the kid that's on. There's a Dropkick Murphys um, split seven inch with ah, I forget what uh, I think it's the Bruisers Dropkick Murphys split seven inch one mm. side. One one of the sides, the al the cover is this like punk kid walking into the Elvis room, and that's Brent. Huh. Yeah, so, that that's funny. That's funny. All right, I'll tell you what. I got one more Madison question, and it's it's totally random. And then we'll play another song, and we'll get back on track. Because uh, do we have a, a track? Very... Tom? No, we, <laughs> we don't, don't have no. a track. We, do we? we never we never get on track. There's no such thing. <laughs> We could play I, a nobody song, man. I feel like Jeff is drinking. Well, maybe we should play a nobody song. Maybe we should. Yeah, I am I, having, I am having a beer. I shut my camera off, not to hide that I'm drinking. I'm. Uh, no, it's funny. I, I drank a ton over the weekend. I usually take Mondays off. That's kind of my. That's kind of. <laughs> and I'm going to a, I'm going to a punk, a small punk festival next weekend, and I know I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna destroy myself. There's no question. Yeah. I figure if I'm chatting with people about punk rock and stuff. No, no, it's all good. I got a hams, so it's not like oh, not, love you it, know, love it, yeah. yeah. I'm not there being crazy, Mister IPA or anything. That's but. A, that's about the that's about the past. What about you, Neil? Money, are you drinking? I've got a lovely gin and tonic going here. Yeah. Ah, nice. Hell yeah. Yeah. Do you know that? But what I was going to say was, do you know Neil that a very prominent pop punk musician also lives in Madison? Uh, okay. I know who you're talking about. Jeff knows who I'm talking about, but no, no, Ben Weasel lives in Madison. So, Jeff, do you ever have you ever crossed paths with Ben Weasel? Do you know him? I mean, is there like camaraderie there because you live in the same town, or is it just is he just as much of a connect to you as everybody else? Uh, uh, no, no. Uh, so I do know him because I first came out to Madison in uh, what? Yeah, I forget what year. I'd have to look it up. Um, but my band, The Guts, recorded um, an album at Smart Studios, which was Butch Butch Vig Studio. Okay. Um, right downtown we were here for a week uh recording it and ben came over like three or four times he like kind of co-produced it and stuff and then we um he came out to see us play a couple times and we ended up being his backing band when he played at insubordination fest so i've known really ben so what what year was this then i i didn't know he'd been in madison that long 
Um, yeah, yeah, he's been living in Madison for a long time. So the Guts album is called Let It Go. I, it came out in 2008. So I was here okay. in 2008. He was already living here. Um, yeah, and then, like, we just sort of, we didn't have, as far as I know, you know, um, any sort of falling outs. And we've always had friends, uh, mutual kind of friends. So after we after we moved here, I emailed him, um, and he ended up writing back. So we're gonna meet up for maybe meet up for coffee if it ever happens. Oh, that's cool. He 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 did respond. Yeah, he doesn't live that far. He's only like um, I don't know. Mass is Mass is not that big. It's it's not. It's really easy to navigate, but it's a little. It's like um, over eight hundred thousand for population. Wow! Um, really? Yeah. Huh. So there's a lot, and then. But it's it's easy to get around because there's like a thing called the Beltway, which just kind of can loop around city proper, where the capital is that, that you went to. But then there's all the smaller towns, like I'm in what they call the the East Side or the Near East Side. Then there's the East Side, then there's the West Side, South Side. But they're all easy to get to. So, hmm. so yeah, he's he's in he's right in town, and then. Justin Perkins, who he played in Screeching Weasel for a little while, but he's now, he was in a band that was on Lookout Records uh, to Yesterday's Kids, but he's now a, a really prominent uh, mastering engineer. He's been okay. doing all the, the replacements reissues and... It does uh, ring a bell, okay. Yeah, all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, I hang out with him a lot. He he lives like 10 minutes away. He's in town. Oh, that's cool. There's, there's so much music here. Milo from The Descendants lived here because he went to the same science program my girlfriend's in, actually. Now, she's, he's not there now. No, no, this was... Okay. Like, he lived here for like, it's like two or three years around like the time that Everything Sucks came out. Oh, oh was, like nineties. Okay, gotcha. When he was still in college, <laughs> that is that is so fun. You know, it's and, and, as far as the Ben Weasel thing, I'm a dude. I'm a huge Weasel fan. They're probably top oh, five, top ten for me of all time. I love that band so much. But obviously, Ben has a reputation as a crusty. I mean, he's one of those guys. I never even, I've never even like tried like interacting with him on a personal level. Maybe I should, but anyway, he's. You know, I, I've always had heard all those stories too, but I've. I've never. He's never been nothing but just like very nice, helpful, and just straightforward. Like he. That's cool. He was just like, yeah, I'll come to the studio, and he came to the studio, and he put in good input, and he sang backing vocals, and like then oh. when we were doing when we were being his backing band, it was just it was very professional. There was nothing like out of line or out of character. I've had nothing but just a normal musician to musician like situation with him there's never been anything weird he's a great guy and super talented like i'm obviously you know growing up with loving lookout records and stuff of course a huge yeah. fan of his songwriting and his wit i just think you know him like he he just does how to spin a line into a, a song <laughs> and he's yeah. got a great knack for melody and just he can really like you know fucking write a lyric <laughs> that yeah. resonates and 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 I think is I think he's been painted as something he's not as far as like politically because listen to his podcast he's very sensible but it's almost like we live in this era where you're not allowed to be sensible true you enough. know what I mean you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to if you don't follow certain company lines so anyway all right I didn't mean to get too deep into Ben Weasel I, I do like I said I do love him and I know he lives in Madison so um, all right let's let's well, do this. Ne- I'm sorry, Neil, go ahead. No, I was going to say, should we play something? He's mentioned the guts and the nobodies. Should we play something from his back catalog like that? 
What'd you say? Uh, we can if you want. Well, here's the thing with the nobodies. I love the nobodies. I played the nobodies a bunch of times, and I'll play them again. Really, we should have JJ on, right? He's a liveware. Oh, you totally should have JJ on. Well, I saw they just had a tour get canceled, and I don't know what the deal with it is. I was kind of—I don't think I was going to be able to make it anyway. But I saw they were supposed to be in Chicago. Yeah, he's—he uh, had some. I, I talked to him the other day. He's—he's uh, he's super bummed. He just had—he owns a bar, and he's going to be getting—I guess I can say because the invites are going out. Getting married soon. Ah, some you know, just life uh, things come up that just weren't timing. Can you imagine that, Neil? A guy who's written—a guy who's written. 52 songs about getting his dick sucked by a stranger is getting married. What the heck is going on in the world? <laughs> the world is a crazy place, right? Yeah, it is. But I tell you what. In, um, in September. Oh, cool. Well, it's it's yeah. funny because I saw them. I tell you, I saw them in the Elvis room, and then I saw them many, many years later in Grand Rapids. Same cover, five bucks. Hmm. Like, boy, this punk thing can't be very lucrative, man. <laughs> the cover yeah, hasn't shit. gone up in like 25 years. Right? <laughs> but... Uh, I mean, they, they are doing it for the the, the right reasons, the same reason, like, you sure. guys, I assume, don't make money on the podcast. I oh, please. Money. We lose we lose money, dude. Right. <laughs> same, yeah, exactly. Just because like, we like to be involved. Yeah, exactly. It's just the same thing. JJ fucking likes just getting in a van and getting out of town for a week and hanging out with his buddies <laughs> getting, and being I'm, loud and playing music. It's I'm like, getting his dick sucked, apparently. Well, allegedly. Allegedly. To the beach for a week. We like, you know, musicians like to just. <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah, because yeah, you you spend you, you spend five thousand dollars taking a fancy vacation. You only lose a thousand going on tour. <laughs> That's right. If, if it's lucky, cheaper. You'll get like two or three drink tickets. So. There you go. There you go. All right. I tell you. I'll tell you what. Let's play this next song because I actually don't know this one off the top of my head. It's called "I Like Murder Too." What is this song? Uh, this song is from the first solo record oh, okay, okay. with stardom um yeah and i don't know i i just people seem to, to seem to like it and i don't know i feel proud about it, <laughs> it so like i must it. admit i do not have the, i do not have i have the, a physical copy of your more recent album and i have a physical copy of the 10 inch you did with lucy ellis which i love i do not have your first album on vinyl so i'm gonna have to go and i'll rectify that soon um so I don't know the song super well, but I've only streamed it once or twice. So, cool. I'm looking forward to hearing it. Awesome. Yeah, oh. there's a, a line I kind of liked in it in, that um, I, I don't know if any. Hello? If, about wearing Chuck T's or leaving. Like whether the person's leaving, but ah, gotcha. like like Chuck T's or leaving. Like, what are you mm. into? Like, if you're a you know fear fan kind of thing, turn um, a phrase, Neil. Turn a yeah, phrase. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I heard you say hello, Neil. Could you, did you lose for a second? We did. Lost the beginning of that story about the Chuck T's or whatever. Unfortunately, do you want to do you want to repeat that one again? Oh sure, yeah. There's um, there's a line in it. I don't think anybody like has picked up on. I I thought when I was writing it, it was kind of clever because I have it's. Um, well, af- after you play the song, uh, but the lyrics, the end part of one of the choruses is, if this like girl has like uh, Chuck T's or leaving, like what is she into? But it's like, do you have Chuck T's or are you leaving? 
but it's actually I'm saying leaving like mm-hmm. so that way it's like asking if she's like a you know fear fan or if she likes Chuck T's kind of being more like the lookout record stuff or if you're more into the other kind of punk <laughs> um it's probably only in my mind that it's clever but <laughs> It's one of those, you know, moments you're just like, all right, all right, this is cool, this is cool. You know, Lee Ving, man, he doesn't care about you. No, <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> but we all care. Well, I can't speak for you guys, but I, I care about old Lee. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Somebody's got to. All right, let's 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 spin it, Neil. This yep. is I like murder too. No, yes, yes. I just had it in front of me. <laughs> I like, I murder, like too. murder too. Yep. There you go. That was Jeff Palmer again with uh, 
I Like Murder 2 from uh, his first album, pulling out all the stops from 2019. On Stardom Records. On Stardom. Yes. Star, was, so, is, is Stardom a Dutch so, label? So is, is that a Dutch label? It's foreign, right? It's, it's, it's European, definitely. Yep, they're Dutch. Okay, yeah, because I know that... Your uh, records can be kind of a trick to get, even though, like, Mom's Basement, I know, is a pretty good distro of your records. Like, there's, there's you can get your stuff, but it can be tricky. Yeah, for sure. It's I, I know, like, they work with Traffic Records, which definitely helps get it into the States, but it's sometimes for... Uh, record stores, it, you know, it's not the easiest to get. But then for people that just know me or know the scene, it's there's the machine shop who does most of the distro, direct order distro for stardom labels. Um, they're fantastic. And that's how you can get all like the Kepi Ghouli stuff and Methadone's records and everything stardom does. She uh, she always has and a shitload of other awesome music. So, so where's that? Where's that out of? She's out of New Jersey. Okay. The machine shop. The machine shop. Um, Good to know. I'll have to go check them out. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sure I'll spend a bunch of money. My wife would get mad at me. Uh, she's just a, you know, a huge <laughs> music fan. It's all DIY. She just loves loves doing it and just has, <laughs> has a mail order. So, um, so you, okay, so you're, you're from Portsmouth. You're starting to play music. What, what era, like, what was your first... When did you do, give me a little time frame here of what your bands uh, because all those bands I mentioned, what what was the kind of order of things? Uh, so the first band I did anything with, like I mean, I had like you know silly bands when I was sure like a teenager, could barely yeah tune a guitar. Not that I can tune a guitar well now, but um, <laughs> but the first like quote real band was called the Useless Fucks. We did um, a two. Uh, two seven inches of our own and a split seven inch, and that was in like uh, recorded in like late '95, but came out in like '96 and '97. So that's when we started kind of playing shows. Maybe he's not as much younger as me as I thought he was, Neil. I think he's forty three. Forty three, I think, right? Is that, is that you are correct. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's quite uh, younger. Okay, nineteen eighty. So it's. Um, <laughs> Is this true? Uh, is what what I'm seeing here on Discogs? The first useless fuck single was called "Frat Boy Fuck You." That is that is correct. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. And high school sucks. Yes. Oh, it's all perfect stuff here for a sixteen yep. year old. <laughs> yeah. Uncle Sid wants you. That's when we started getting all political. You know, <laughs> <laughs> one too many spins of a Dead Kennedys album. Uh, so yeah, but that, that, we had fun with that band. Like we play locally at the Elvis Room. Like we opened up for Chicks Dig It the first time they came into the U.S. Um, when they were had the Sub Pop record out. So we met those guys and played and tons of other bands. And then we would kind of start. That's the first time I started kind of traveling too. We went up to Canada, and that's where I met the guys from the band The Vapids. Oh yeah, um, and Jimmy from the Vapids and I have stayed pretty good friends since then. And he started turning me on to all kinds of awesome Canadian bands. So I'd go up there and spend the weekend with him and we go record shopping and I'd come home with all this fucking awesome records to, sh- to play for all my friends that, you know, you, you couldn't just get at the record store here. Great exchange rates too. I love the great exchange rate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know, it was just fun being, I could, I could drink up there and stuff. Oh yeah, awesome. Was it eighteen <laughs> so that was up there? Fun. 
Is it eighteen up there? It used to be. It used to be nineteen. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know if it was eighteen or nineteen, but it was. I was able to just go into a bar and buy a beer, whatever age I was or the law was then. So you um, kept the you kept the name Jeff Le- Yes Useless, right? Because you used that you that was your professional name for quite a while. I used the term loosely. Professional, yeah, I mean, very loosely for professionalism. <laughs> um, yeah, that name I guess just kind of stuck because it's I was played in the use of fucks and that was the band, you know. <laughs> sure. So, and I'm Jeff from the Useless Fucks. Um, and then, your mom must. Your mother must have been so proud. So proud. So proud. <laughs> Um, then we had She's a Guy, which was me and my buddy Nate and Rick, who, but we were only called ourselves that for a very brief time. Um, and then that turned into the guts. Okay. And then while we were doing the guts, that's when like I started, I did a couple tours with the queers and then, um, met the nobodies through them and started playing with the nobodies and traveling more. But then always just kind of had the guts as our own, as my own thing, like when I was around and we were back. Um, so that time frame, yes, yeah, so then I just did that for a long time. Then um, I started playing with my buddy Kurt. His band was The Leftovers. My band was The Guts. We used to play together a lot. We were both on the same record label. He lived in Portland, Maine. Then The Leftovers kind of broke up. And I just started playing with Kurt, and then I've been doing that forever. Now he's uh, got a new record. Like you guys just put out a new record, right? Or he just put out a new record real it, recently? It's coming out. We have two singles from it that are out right now, and okay. then the record comes out September. Uh, I think it's the 29th. So yeah, that'll um, really pumped about that one. So you so you play guitar on that, or what? Do you, you, yeah, you, I play guitar. I, I wrote the um, Kurt and I wrote the first single. I wrote a few of the songs on the record with him. Um, and yeah, I do guitar, vocals, well, whatever, <laughs> you know, I, it's funny. I don't know. So I know the name and I, but I don't know his style at all. Is it kind of, is it like a power pop kind of like what you do or is it, what's, uh, what does it sound it's like? Power, it's power pop. Mine's more, I guess, like raw or pop punk power pop. I, I don't know. I'm stuck okay. describing like my own stuff. Kurtz is um, more rooted in. Well, the first couple of records were more rooted in traditional sort of power pop, um, but the the new record we kind of have some some other some other stuff in there. But it's it, it's always fun. We've just oh, the sorry. problem is Neil with this with with Jeff is I feel like we could play thirty songs because he's played in so many yeah. like like we almost need to just throw in a million songs. Well, which, which which band was he just talking about? Was it the Leftovers or some or somebody else? Kurt. No, no, Kurt Baker. I'm sorry. Kurt he, Baker he, plays, he plays with a guy named Kurt Baker who's another solo artist. Okay. Um, he was he was in the Leftovers, yes. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, if you guys uh, everyone likes hearing music, I don't know if they like hearing my music, but you should play the <laughs> The Kurt Baker single "Anchors Up" if you want. That's the is it is it uh, is it available? I mean, is it on streaming or is it is it, it out is, there? Yeah, it's on streaming. It's on where wherever you find your music. All right. And so what what what's okay? So let's let's call it audible here, Neil. We could play that, and we could throw a gut song in there back to back. What's a good gut song to play, Jeff? Let's see. I think for the guts, you should do. Um, let's do blackout. All right, Neil, you got this? You got All this? Right. So first we're going to hear Kurt Baker with Anchors Up, and then the correct. Guts with Blackout, correct? 
Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm just disappointed we're not going to hear "fuck you, frat boy" or whatever it was called. But there we go. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I bet, that does, I bet you that doesn't have much of a digital footprint. I guess it doesn't. Probably not. No, it doesn't. Maybe someday I'll I'll put it up for the eight people around New Hampshire that would care. <laughs> All right. Hey man, that thing goes that 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 seven inch. I just looked at it. it goes for twelve dollars. I'm sure you probably sold them for three originally. So that was a good investment. Yeah, <laughs> you bought it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I only held on to more. That made Tim Yohannan's uh, top ten list in Maximum Rock and Roll. That was the first. Oh, that's nice. First proud moment I had in, in punk rock. I still have a copy of that issue. Of course, you know the problem is if you did have a box of them still, you'd flood the market and the value would go down. Because I, I was talking to my my uncle who made a, a single in Ann Arbor, and I go on I go on Discogs and the cheapest is like twenty dollars. He's like, yeah, I got a whole box of them in my attic. <laughs> so right, just don't know. Yeah, and, anyway. yeah. Start flooding the market, and they're down to back to less than you used to sell them for in the dollar ninety nine for shipping. That's right. Now you can sign it. You can right. sign it, and then it'll be worth more money. All right. There you go. So, yeah. so the gut, so- the Kurt Baker first, right? Kurt Baker is a band called. Is it just his name? It's yeah. The records are Kurt Baker. We're the Kurt Baker band. I guess <laughs> we've never really. Wow, sounds like a jazz out. ensemble or something. I have to say, like Alice I know, Cooper, right? Dude. Think Alice Cooper, <laughs> early Alice Cooper. All right, so Kurt Baker first with Anchors Up, and then the Guts with Blackout. Enjoy. Yeah. Somebody is ever gone 
message and I'll call you back. First there, you heard Kurt Baker with Anchors Up, and then it was The Guts uh, with Blackout. Um, you've talked about the Nobodies a lot. Are you, are you still in the Nobodies, or are you not in them anymore? No, I did like three tours with them and lived out in Colorado for about a year. Then I needed to move back to New Hampshire, um, so I just kind of oh, stopped in Colorado. doing that. But okay. then, gotcha. Yeah, they're out of... Yeah, they're, uh, they're in Denver, Shredder, Boulder. Colorado Springs. Oh, Colorado Springs. That's right. That's right. Their first seven inch, one of their early seven inches, like, welcome to Colorado Springs. Now, fuck off or something like that. that. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've always stayed super tight with JJ. And then I did, JJ did a solo record and I I played all over that with him. Um, and then uh, the newest record that they did, he did a song on a song I wrote. Um, he wrote like one of the, he and I, I guess, wrote it. It was mostly mine, and then he liked it and finished up a verse and a bridge for it. So a song I wrote is on the... Which one, which one was that? That record is called... Let me look it up. No, no, I know the name of I know the record. I have that. I just, I'm trying to remember. is Because it's got beer for breakfast on it. I mean, I know the record. I'm just trying to which which song you which song you're talking about. Oh, which song that I helped write? So yeah. uh, beer, beer for breakfast, originally we... Replacements. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And we originally did that with um for the JJ Nobody and the Regulars records. Mm. And then I don't think that one came out, but the song I wrote is Do It All Again from Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I know that song. Yep. Yeah. I'm that was, now it's bothering me now cuz I can't remember what the name of the record is. I can see the cover of it. I have the I have it on vinyl and CD actually. I'm trying to remember uh, Hussy. Hussy, that's right, Hussy. That's it. it was on uh, Rad Girlfriend, Neil. Totally. Yeah, you just Josh. had yeah Josh. Yeah, you just had Josh on, right? Yeah, we've had him a couple times. Great guy. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. I fucking I love the Raging Nathan. Yeah, they're really killing him, huh? They worked their asses off, man. They're yeah, good they dudes. were just in they were just oh. in England, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And I mean, not not only are they killing it like as a band and and working really hard, but then he's just also working that record label, like yep. you know, constantly too, releasing music for other bands. It's not even like you know, he's just a, a solid staple. Like, <laughs> and, and, and working nine to five in his head shop. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah right? you can tell us that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, <laughs> They're selling booze or whatever. I remember. Does he own but, the head uh, shop? He so- owns the head shop, doesn't he? I think he's yeah. I think there's. I think he's a, either the owner or partial owner or something. Yeah. yeah. See, see, you don't want him to get too successful at a straight job because that's the thing that'll kill a record label. You know, these kids <laughs> that start a record label by the time they get to about forty, they usually peter out because then they start having kids and stuff. So, um, so when you play with, did you record anything with the queers or did you just tour with them, Jeff? 
Yeah, I did. I did based on the Punk Rock Confidential record on Hopeless Records and oh, then, yeah. uh, the Everything's Okay EP. And okay. then I played bass uh, on the Drunken Cholos EP, which was the original Three Queers, Tulu, um, Wimpy, and Joe. And yep. they got back together and I, I did the bass for it. Um, and that was on Hopeless as well. Oh, cool. Joe can't say enough bad things about now. Um, of course, I don't hear anybody who was on Hopeless really has a ton of great stuff to say. Um, you have to ask JJ. I, I don't think I've ever heard JJ have any. Well, it's funny. Negative. Yeah, but 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 once again, but here's the thing. I'll tell you about the those, those nobody's records. Though they're out of print. You know. Oh yeah, I, I don't think Hopeless is is gonna keep any of that stuff going. Then why, but... They should give it back to him then, because well, yeah. Rad Girlfriend. I mean, somebody. I mean, I, I get it. It's not Britney Spears, or it's not you know Taylor Swift. But you know, if they ran 500 copies of each of those records, they could sell them quick. Oh, for sure. You know, I, or even be... a thousand. You know, I mean, just a small quantity. I know it's a limited market, but man, I, I would love to because that was CD era. So I have all that stuff on CD. I would love that stuff on vinyl. You know? Oh man, Gen- Generation Triple X. That was yeah. Be... Take my so... money, man. I bought, dude. When I saw him at '96 in Portsmouth, I bought the short songs for short attention spans CD. Yep. But I would love to have the vinyl of that, you know? So, you know, it's funny. That record was recorded um, on the same block that the Elvis Room is at. So you you were like, you know... Uh, really? It was... It was re- yeah. It oh, was I had Fish, no idea. It was Fish Tracks was the name of the studio. Um, oh. So the Nobodies came up to Portsmouth so Joe could produce the record. And they recorded it um, right there. So if you walked out, out of the door of Fish Tracks and you took a left, you'd walk like, you know five storefronts up and that was the Elvis room. Huh. What's the Elvis room now? It's probably like a freaking like olive oil store or something, right? You be no, so now what actually this is funny. Um it's now joined with at the very end of the street was a bookstore, then it was the Elvis room. So the bookstore and the Elvis room both closed. Now it's a fish restaurant called um Jumpin' Jays. It's a re- <laughs> really good fish restaurant. And Al Barr from the Dropkick Murphy's sister worked there forever. Is that right? So, I, I mean, I'm not anti-fish restaurant, but I'm pro-dive venue, so... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Me too, but it was definitely a good, like... Um, it, it wasn't a super, like, hoity-toity kind of... Ah, okay. Overpricing. It, it was a good local seaport fish, you know, where you get good fish in, in a cool atmosphere. Um, and it would just be funny, because I'd go in there, Al's sister's name is Katie... So I, Jack, my girlfriend Jackie and I would be in there eating, and Katie, we'd see Katie, and you know we'd be having beers and be like, "This is so weird. We're in a fish restaurant now, sitting where the stage at the Elvis room was." Ah. Like kind of thing. <laughs> so that's that's what it is now. Hmm. Dang it! I had a thought, Neil, and I lost it. I totally lost my thought. Well, I got I got a I got a story that's kind of similar to that. Um, in Chicago, back in the mid '80s, there was a one of the cool clubs in town where they used to have a lot of punk bands. It was called Tuts, T U T S. And um, back then, it was in a pretty shitty part of town. Um, but anyway, when my kid uh, fast forward twenty odd years, and uh, my kid wanted to get a she wanted to get a, a skinhead haircut, and um, we couldn't find a place that would do like the feather cut for a girl, but we found this one hairdresser downtown um, by somewhere near Wrigleyville, you know, uh, in the same vicinity. And anyway, I'm going in the doorway with her because she was like twelve at the time, and uh, going up the staircase. I'm like, this looks fucking familiar. 
this is really weird. And I get to the top of the staircase, and there's a um, photographic, um, like a, a cabinet with a bunch of photographs in it. And sure enough, that was the fucking Tuts location. And um, wow, I, I, was, I was I was looking where all the uh, where the where the chairs were, and I'm like, wow, I saw the cramps right there. I saw fucking Howard Devoto mm. there. It's, it was completely fucking bizarre. Ugh. Very strange. The only thing I have similar to that is there was this famous place in Lansing where. You know, because Tesco V used to book shows over there, so there was a pretty decent little punk scene in Lansing, Michigan, and it was at this dumpy restaurant on Lake on Lake Lansing. And I went there, and it, they have no trace of it at all. It was so disappointing. So, hmm. at least the place you're talking about, they have some historical record. Yeah, they, I thought that know. was kind of cool, actually. Yeah, that they still had a T-shirt or something. It's like, man, title, Black Flag played Black Flag played here, Minor Threat played here. Now it's nothing but crap. Oh well. well Black what flag is do? nothing but crap these days anyway. Well, that's, true. That's, that's 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 neither here nor, that's neither here nor there. I mean I, I did I did sleep for through a few songs, but it was fine. It was fine. I was I, drinking drinking a little heroically. It was uh, what was it, maybe like two months ago we were just it was a weird night. It was like a I don't know, Tuesday or Wednesday or something. We were just like sitting around with the T V on just made dinner and then I saw, like, I was just on Instagram, and it was like, Black Flag, Madison, Wisconsin. And I was like, what? And I looked, <laughs> and it was for the next night. It was like, you know, and I was like, what? That's fucking weird. <laughs> and I was like, ah, you know, fucking Greg. Uh, but I haven't, I saw a flag, and they were fucking amazing. Yeah, flag's course. great. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, you know, as much as I don't want to do it, I, I think we should just go down just to see Greg, like, Say what you want about them, but I mean, it is, yeah. you know, an integral part of what Black yeah. Flag is and the thread of that whole fucking scene. So just to like, so we went down and yeah, it was what I expected it would be. They did the My War album front to back. Yeah, yeah. Because they, they were doing two sets, right? Yeah. It's the first brutal. was My War and then, then they did The Greatest Hits. Uh, Greg played fucking great though. Like it sounded, he played just like the records, and he actually was after they played. He just walked off the stage into the audience and was just like standing there hanging out. Like he wasn't in any way being like weird. He was smiling and just like taking pictures and chatting with people and stuff. Not that that uh, takes away my <laughs> other thoughts and feelings about the guy and stories, but. <laughs> I'm I'm glad I went down. <laughs> Is that the so we we I saw him I've seen him twice with Mike Vallely. Once was probably like five or six years ago, and then we saw him what? Neil was that last year? That was like eighteen months. Ago. Was it like no? It's about eighteen months ago, I'd say, right? October. We saw him in Chicago because they were yeah. doing that amazing tour. Des Plains, actually, Des Plains. Yep, and the Dickies and TSOL. Yeah, yeah, and 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 your to- your favorite Total Chaos. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, so it was like a really strong bill, so we went to it, and it was such a good time until they started playing, and then I literally, it was a seated, like, venue, and there was empty seats, and I just fell asleep for, like, yeah. the whole middle of the, black the whole flag. middle of the set. Black Flag was, it was like, it was like a black, bad Black Flag cover band playing at half speed. It was just, yeah. it was just odd. But it was, I, yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying, though, it's, it's, it's nice to see the architects play, even if they're sort of not what they once were, but. Exactly, yeah, just, I just, I just feel like if I didn't. And I only I wouldn't have driven to Chicago to see them sure. probably or or probably even Milwaukee, but that I'm like Greg Ginn's like fifteen minutes from my house and it's yeah. like fourteen bucks or something to get in. Like 
Yeah. I'm not doing anything else. We're just sitting around watching like Comedy Central or something. Like you know, that shows the um and it was cool. I, uh, I, but, I mean, I met him only real briefly, and I also thought I also had a pretty popular experience. I thought he's actually he seemed like a nice guy. So for what yeah, it's it worth, seem, seems like weirdly maybe in the back of his head he's like, "Fuck, I've done so many fucking shitty things, and I'm such a bad person." But People still like me. Like maybe I should just be nice to them for a minute. <laughs> Do you think that maybe he and like Jerry only should start a band? Like, like uh, start a band of guys who have really destroyed the legacy of important bands. Just like <laughs> they could all like join one, join like one super group. Miss know. Flag, you know. Yeah, Miss Flag. Oh, dude. There you have, go. Have, did you guys speaking of? Did you see Flag? I did one year at Riot Fest outside, so I, I never saw like a club show, but I thought they were excellent actually. Yeah, oh, flag was great. What, what about you, Neil? No, I saw I saw Black Flag back in like eighty shit, eighty four oh, yeah. maybe. You, so yeah, I was fine with that. <laughs> you saw the real thing, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I, I saw. You saw flag. Henry Rollins, not not uh, Mike Vallely doing a Rollins impression. <laughs> yeah, right, totally. <laughs> yeah, I saw Flag in Boston. Uh, I don't know what it was, probably like six years ago, or I, I don't even know how long. But and they were fucking amazing, like. It's yeah, just, I thought you know, so too. Is that Keith cool Morris singing? Great. Yeah, Keith Morris singing. Uh, the Duke playing bass. Bill Stevenson playing drums. Uh, Des Kadena playing second guitar, and the Stephen Egerton from the Descendants playing hmm. lead guitar. Wow. Stefan. 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 Yep. Stephen. Stefan. And I mean, he he plays Greg. Better than Greg plays Greg. Well, though, better than, well, Greg's such a high end now. I think that's. I mean, they, I think he's just wrecked his brain. <laughs> but, I don't know. Listen, they were just so fucking powerful and cool, and just you know, you're just like ah, this is all the good fiber of of that band and error and bands that came from it. That was if, awesome. if I ever if I ever had a chance to actually talk to Greg Ginn. The problem is, all I want to know is, why don't you put those classic records in print? You talk about sitting on a, on a like a windfall. I, I just don't get it. Why do Descendants records, why do Who's Who Do records, why do Black Flag records, why are they not constantly in print? Right. That's a good it's, point. It's, it's a constant revenue stream. I, I don't know. Whatever. He lives in Texas. He does his thing. I mean, yeah. Because you think like he would just, at this point in his life, just only want as much money as he can get but he probably makes so much fucking money off just the licensing of the logo and the name for fucking t-shirts like you know yeah maybe yeah i don't know well yeah but like i said he's sitting on that catalog and maybe he's gonna sell the catalog i don't know because it's worth i mean how much of those descendants and like i said just descendants and who's do and just a few of the legacy acts though it's it's just like a gold mine he's sitting on a gold mine yeah <laughs> all right all right i'll tell you what let's Oh, oh no! I, was, I know I was gonna. So, then, did you ever record with the Nobodies? I did. I play. Uh, you mentioned him a little while ago. I did um, a Meat Men tribute comp that the Nobodies mm. did. Uh, I'm on that, and then there was a, they did a, a record that's all covers, but it's uh, all, only songs from bands that they had toured with. That was on Suburban Home Records. I know. I got that. I had that on CD. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm yeah. Gonna, I, but I, I'm going to call bullshit on that because there was a Johnny Cash song at the end. Oh uh, yeah. You're you're right. You're right. I'm going to say they probably did tour with Johnny. That's, that's it. Okay. So I didn't know. Okay. That's interesting. I didn't know the backstory of that. Maybe I'll spin that one of these days. 
Yeah, so, I mean, I guess other than Johnny Cash, maybe I have to really look at the set list, but I'm going to go at least 90%, and the original idea of the record was that they were just doing uh, a song from every band that they had done a tour with. And yeah, then sure. I think we they had just been playing I've Been Everywhere and, and everyone liked it, and it seemed like a fitting title for the record, so maybe that's where sure. that got thrown in the mix. I what, mean, yeah, but. what Meat Men song did you do? Uh, we did the uh, what's it called the trilogy. Um, oh, the you suck trilogy, the suck trilogy. Yeah, French yep. people, crippled children. What's the other one, Neil? Camel jockeys. Yeah, camel yep. jockeys. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't pull that off anymore, could you? Yeah. <laughs> well, he probably I would. Know. I think Tesco V might. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, all right. Let's let's what? So what's swim, Jeff? What what is this song? This is the what? next one on our list. So this happened during COVID. I am. Um, I don't know. Do you guys know Lucy? Um, she was in a band called the Spazzies. And was then, that the Rats? The Lucy and the Rats? Yeah, Lucy and the Rats. Yeah, yeah. Do that duet album with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this is from that. This is one of the two songs that she and I wrote, and uh, and Kurt helped write it. And then my buddy Zach, who I write with a lot, and who plays drums on all my solo stuff. Um, was a part of that, and I don't know. Yeah, it's something just completely different. But I think that was the idea of the whole thing. We were just, you know, no one. There was no shows. Nothing was happening, and sure. I had always just had a respect um, and liked Lucy's music. And she's I she's wanted, Italian, or uh, no, she's um, Australian. Uh, from I think right. Uh, she lives in the UK now. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, don't, no cracks about her being a criminal, Neil. Well, she's <laughs> she's Australian, so she has to be, right? Isn't that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or maybe her grandparents. Um, but yeah, I'd always liked the Spazzies, and I, I had always liked her music, and I had wanted to do um, this John Prine song, which was a duet. So I yep. just I had reached out to her, and she's like, "Oh, I'll totally do that." So we did that, and we thought it was super fun, and then just kind of kept working on songs and it turned into then stardom was like oh this is i, I really enjoy this like uh, i'll put it out as a 10 inch so yeah i have that i have that i have that i have that 10 inch i love the 10 inch underrated format oh yes i i agree it's the only 10 inch that label's done is that right huh. yeah interesting the only 10 inch on stardom records it's called your face is weird it came out in 2020 all right let's spin it neil this is swim from Jeff Palmer and Lucy Ellis. Yes. I took a trip around the ocean Cause after you, I don't need no one And if you're looking for someone Just keep looking at me Your face is weird and I see it my way In front of me like an open highway I'll follow you around this great big Oh, it's blue. 
All right, that was Swim by Jeff Palmer and Lucy Ellis. Did you say that was a John Prine cover? No, no, no. there is a John Prine oh, cover. Oh, okay. We wrote we wrote that one, but the catalyst, the only reason that song ended up getting written together um, was because of wanting to do that John Prine song. So what it's is called it? In Spite of Ourselves. Have you ever heard oh, that one, Neil? Okay, no, John but Prine, no it's, it's No, it's really good. I, I'm not anti-John Prine, and I actually love that. They, he did a whole album with... Was it called? Is it Iris Dement or something? Her name was or something like that. Yes, yes. That, that's where that's where it's from. Yeah, yeah. Uh, duets album. So, what is that swim song about? Uh so it weirdly started with uh, we because it was COVID, so everyone was FaceTiming. Uh, my buddy Kurt Baker was over in Spain with now his wife. Um, and we were just FaceTiming and she saw my girlfriend. She's like, my girlfriend has blue eyes. And she was like, oh, Jackie, I, I, your eyes look like the ocean. I want, I want to swim in them. And I was like, oh, that's kind of a, a cool line. So like, I just started kind of sketching it out, <laughs> writing it, that part. And then I sent what I, the little idea I had to Lucy and she really liked it. And when she had, she's like, oh, this kind of fits for this like lyric that I have going um, which is some, I'm not sure that you guys, I don't want to speak on it, but some kind of more personal story for her about, I think, leaving, maybe leaving a relationship and, and moving or, you know, whatever it meant to her. Um, and then so she had that part and then we gave it to to Zach and Kurt and they kind of worked out. Kurt had a melody for a chorus and then Zach fleshed out the chorus and sort of the arrangement. And, wow. Um, She's got more writers than a... <laughs> Got more writers than a Beyonce song, huh? <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. Does a little something, then everyone wants a piece of the twenty-five cents we make from it. There you go. There you <laughs> go. go. That's big streaming, streaming rights. Yeah, perfect. So yeah. So what? So do the guts ever occasionally get back together, or is is that that put to bed? No. Yeah, we, we haven't um, for a while. I I don't think any of us would be opposed to. We have. Few years ago, it was one of our really good friends' um, birthdays, and we were all around. And they were like, "Oh, we, I would love it if you'd play some songs." So we played for that. Then one year, we did a benefit to help raise money for Toys for Tots around, which is just getting uh, raising money to buy toys to give to yeah, yeah. kids at Christmas. So we did that. But I mean, I live here now. Nate lives in Boston, and he's doing. He just started finally getting back into music and doing some of his own stuff. And then Rick plays um, in kind of a, a sludge metal or doom metal. I'm not sure how what to call them. Um, they have called Scissor Fight, um, who's actually like really big. And they're good and really nice guys. So, I mean, I don't think none of us have a burning desire to, to do it, but I don't think any of us would say no if there was, a, a good reason to do it, you know. Gotcha. So what? What did made you decide to go solo rather than try to put another band together? You just. <laughs> I mean, I guess it sort of started just as a joke. I just uh, so I had been. I started a band called The Connection. We we're like a garage rock, power pop kind of band, and we were doing really good and playing all the time. We toured Europe like three times. And uh, I was actually going to ask you about that because you, your records are all out in Europe. Do you have a good? You, I mean, you got a good following in Europe, more so than here, even. 
Yeah, Europe just fucking loves like garage rock and power pop. It's like <laughs> yeah. that's if you play that kind of music, that that's where you go, <laughs> and and that's all you do. Uh, there's just not much of a. Uh, it's a very scattered and few and far between. Not that that should deter anybody from doing it. We, uh, I love that kind of music, and I love writing that kind of music and playing that kind of music. But yeah, it's always just it's fun. Go over there for two weeks and play really big shows and have a blast <laughs> and then you know come home um i'm sorry so, you're talking about the connection okay I, was, I, I didn't mean to sidetrack you oh yeah no no so that was the connection i was doing the connection but like i'm always like writing and have coming up with ideas and like i just you know i i, I love punk and all kinds of other stuff so i just always had like some songs and i'm like god ah, this just isn't really gonna be a song that either lyrically or chord structure-wise won't translate or make sense for the connection or even something that maybe I would want to see if Kurt would want to do or something. So I was just like, had downtime and I was like, fuck, I'm just going to go just kind of record some of these songs. I had no real intention of it doing anything or it was just, I love being in the studio. I love hanging out with my other friends that love to be in the studio I just I love recording and and writing and just seeing where stuff goes. So then I was just like, oh, this, this is kind of fun. I like it. It's neat. I don't know what to do, and it wasn't worth naming it as the band or trying to put anything together. So I just put a song out and then did another one because uh, I had you know I think when I went in I did like eight songs, so I had a few a bunch. I was just releasing them just strictly for fun, just because why not? And then that's when Stardom wrote to me and was like. What, what are your plans? Like, what, what is this? And I was like, I don't know. I don't have any plans. It's just a bunch of songs. And he's like, oh, you have more? And so he wanted to hear them. I let him hear them. And then he's like, hey, if you want to stop just releasing these as singles and turn it into a record, I, w- I would like to put it out. And I was like, uh, uh, really? All right. Why not? Like, why not, right? Why not? Yeah, I had always, I'd been a huge fan of, of that label anyways from when the Guts had toured Europe the first time with a band called the Apers. Um, oh, yeah. I love the they're, Apers, yeah. Where, yeah. They're, what are they? They Germans? Austrian? Austrians? What are the Apers? No, they're, uh, they're Dutch as well. Yeah, they're Dutch. Oh, Dutch, Dutch. Okay. Yep. Um, but My I think people, Jeff, Neil. My people. Yeah. I think Kevin might have lived in in Germany for a little while. I forget. He, he was moving around a lot for a bit. But, uh, yeah, they, they were the first band on Stardom, and Kevin Aper had kind of helped start, not helped, I don't know the exact relationship, but he was a part of it at first. Um, they're all still good friends. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and I just got and turned on to that label and liked everything they did. And I, I had never thought to like reach out to them or shop anything to them. Like, you know, we just knew each other and I was a fan of what he did. And it turns out he was a, uh, a fan of what I do. So it, it worked out and I'm, I couldn't be happier. I've done so much stuff with him and is he's just such a fun, honest guy that just runs a really cool label so that's yeah that that's where that whole thing <laughs> that's then it just i did the record and people like seemed to like it and it was fun and the connection stopped playing um and then i was just doing the kurt stuff and then i was like ah why even bother like trying to now turn these songs into a band name or something so i was like i'll just it just keeps it easy, right? That way it's like, I have like Zach, who I always want to work with me on any of the stuff under my own name, 
but not having a band name, it's not like members need to come and go. It's just me, right, with whoever yeah. wants to play. So, and now you've now you've been doing it long enough. It's kind of stuck, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and at first, I thought it was, you know it'd be weird. I'd be on like a compilation, and it's like you know fourteen bands or twenty bands or whatever. It's all band names, or somebody going by their name and their punk band name, like you know sure. Jeff Useless or or something. And I'm just sure. it's just like Jeff Palmer, and I'm like, ah, oh, this looks so weird. Now I'm just like, ah, well, that is my name. Should have kept the useless man. Should have kept the useless. <laughs> I, I could have. <laughs> But I was just like, yeah, whatever. I mean, I am. I'm, uh, it, it's me. I, I wrote these songs. Is, I'm singing them. It's me, whatever. So there you go. It just keeps it simple. So you're not in the connection anymore then? I mean, it's not that I'm not in it. We're just not playing. Like well, Brad, we stopped playing. Brad got married and then they had um, a, a baby and then ended up having a second baby. So he couldn't really do any touring and was just super busy with that. We're still super good friends and talk all the time. And then he just started doing the same kind of thing I did because it's easier for him mm-hmm. as well. He just does write songs now and can kind of release them and then do little weekend shows when he wants to. Or he he just did like four or five shows in Europe, which was awesome. He had a great time. The only um, reason the only reason I ask is just because I see at least if Discogs is to be believed, they you have six albums. The connection has six albums. Is that right? Well, or do they yeah, have the, do they have the bands mixed up? No, no that that sounds that sounds right. Yeah, okay. we were we yeah because we were together for that long and we'd always try to do. So I always try to do an album a year, no matter right. what it is that yeah. I'm doing. That's old school, right there. Album a year rather than an album every three yeah, years. I yeah, I feel like it just if you don't have a goal, it's so easy to let time go by and just be like, oh, I'll do this later, or Agreed. I'll do this later. But like I'm like no I want fucking something done every calendar year. It's like it it keeps me like moving right instead of just being like ah whatever I'll get back to making the demos later. It's like oh no shit I should probably get these demos done and see if anybody that I know likes them and wants to work on them. You know it like it, that drive that nobody else cares about but I just personally need for a reason when I'm you know done with work for the day I'm like excited to like finish up finish writing this song or like i'm excited to start thinking about what studio to go to to record and organizing that and having a reason to do stuff so with but with you talking about stardom so much it doesn't look like any of these albums are on stardom is that right no not the connection my solo stuff right yeah no i was just wondering about the connection stuff too it looks like it's in all kinds of different record uh, labels yeah yeah totally I, i don't think the connection would really fit that well under the the stardom gotcha. banner i'm not sure if it's um stefan's bag i i don't think he doesn't like the band i don't know i've never really t- talked to him about it <laughs> yeah yeah it wasn't it wasn't like a you must like my other band or you can't have my solo stuff it was never a yeah no no it he approached me about my solo stuff and that's where our relationship has been so neil do, are you do you want to talk about the monkey in the room which is Jeff's last album? <laughs> I don't know. No, you know if if he likes that if he likes that well, Edie King record, just, that's that's up to him. I, I guess. I listened to it today. Well, well. I, so I, so Jeff, I assume this was sort of inspired by the Clearview records that we all loved growing up. That the the D.D. King cover album. Oh yeah, totally. So that I was like. Um, 
I always loved that series. Thought it was funny. And the, my first band, The Useless Fucks, used to play a D.D. King song. Uh, it's on one of our... We did it for, like, a compilation. Oh, and then we did Too Much to Drink on our uh, either first or second 7-inch. I forget which one. Did so you do it relatively... Did you do it relatively true, or did you jam it up pretty no, much? No, well, that was just a straight-up, like, punk. <laughs> gotcha. Like, trashy punk. Because on the, on the cover album, you definitely keep it... I mean, it, it, you rock it up a little bit, but you keep it fairly close to the vest, right? That's what I, I want. I was like, how... Because I had always just joked that I was like, I'm just going to do this record, like... Someday, like I've just always thought it's the most ridiculous record, and like. So do you? Be... Do you really? Do you really love it, or you just is? I. I, I, uh, I do. Yeah. It. I. I remember. <laughs> well, see, Neil. There's nothing we can do for him then, right? Yeah. I, mean, I, if you're yeah. Us, <laughs> I, I, I do. I do. I do love the record. I think it's just the. It fits who what my perception of Dee Dee is it just being this completely outlandish crazy person that's well like, he is that i give him that listen yeah, yeah. We, we we did a we did an episode a while back it, it's really one of our very favorite ones you should listen to it if you get a chance where we had a guy named hiawatha bailey on and he was a he was a white panther back in the day hung out with the mc5 and all these bad you know tell stories about like he and iggy being on lsd together and stuff Fuck, but, yeah dude i gotta hear this but he uh, he tells stories about Dee Dee, how what a maniac Dee Dee was. Of, it's pretty, yeah, it's just pretty out of control. Pretty, yeah, pretty funny because Dee Dee actually ran away from New York and lived in Ann Arbor for a, a short period of time. And uh, yeah, he's, <laughs> it's uh, he's Dee Dee is definitely a character. But you know, it's it's funny because I so I listened to your version of the album today, and I think you do justice to the source material. And I think even <laughs> is that a compliment or an insult? Songs, well, I. I don't know. <laughs> Because yeah. I, I think some of the songs he definitely makes improvements on, but much like the original album, it's just like the, the source material is just not that. It, it just doesn't. It doesn't do much for me. You know, some of the more musical songs, Neil, like "Poor Little Rich Girl" stuff like that, it works pretty well. Like the non, the not super rappy ones. Right. Hmm. I mean, and that's I. I just so yeah. Like going back to '96, you know, I had been always been like. I'm just gonna do this record someday, and then of course I'd always appreciated like the Ramones covers and sure stuff, and then but I was always like I, w- I wouldn't do a Ramones cover like they've all been you know done and just, but I was like I would do this and 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 not expect everyone <laughs> I don't expect anybody to like it I'm just doing it. For myself, and it's, it's a lot of work to put. I mean, you put a lot of work into this thing to not expect anybody to like it. Right? Well, and that's that's the thing. It was like this cool, like personal challenge, just to be like, how in the fuck do you do this, right? How, like, and you can't like. Call it's, 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 I don't know that it's. How, I don't know that it's how as much as why, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a lot of people might might ask that too, but. I just, you know, I, I'm able to record a lot of stuff myself, and I have sure. a good um, team of really good friends that also like recording and being a part of just uh, a project and being like, okay, this is what you want to do? Well, let, let's fucking do it. <laughs> and then, like, y- you know, you can't try to recreate or be like, oh, this song could have been good if it was like this. It's like, no, that's... It, it, that's just what it is <laughs> whether it's good or bad and we're doing it that way well 
and it, keeping it that way. It's funny because I love that series of records. You know, the we I, I I don't know if I have every single one. I know I don't because I don't have the Beatnik Termites one, but I have a lot of them. You know, the Vindictives and the Screeching Weasel and the Queers and all that. But I always loved the Boris the Sprinkler doing End of the Century. Oh yeah, because they did it the way the Ramones should have done it. Mm. You know what I mean? Just like minimal production, great punk rock record. So I, I was, I, like I said, I had, I had just today listened to your. So it's called what's that called? Standing in the spotlight. Is that the name of the album? Standing in the it. spotlight. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because I saw that recently. I don't know if it was record store or day or what, but like Rhino gave that like a proper reissue on vinyl. Neil. They did a, a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of crazy, but <laughs> I bet you that one. A lot of those ended up in the. <laughs> just, just like the original, I have yep. two copies of the original just because I, I'm a collector, and you know, DD is DD Ramon, so I have to have it. Is that, have, is that worth? Is that worth money? Is it? Is it not really? I mean, we'd have to see what Discog says. I, I think they go for a decent amount of money, but nice. I've, I've never spent a lot of money on them. My first copy I found in a cutout bin in New York City in probably 97 or something. Uh, then this, I found another copy for, it was like 18 bucks or something, like a handful of years ago in another store. So I did get, I paid a little more than I wanted to, but it wasn't anything crazy. And like uh, for the Funky Man. <laughs> Jesus <record>. Christ, it gets <laughs> worse. It gets worse. <laughs> I know, well, I, I didn't write it or anything. Mean, this is Didi. I just I I like I needed the collection. You know. It, yeah. No, I get that. Didi Ramon. Mm-hmm. Like I just it's I. I, I have Emil, to have it's it, got it's got Funky Man on the A side and the Funky Man dub on the B side, clocking in at six we, minutes fifty seconds. You've seen it's, that. Vi- you've seen the video awful. for that, right? It is so embarrassing. I, don't think I ever have. It is so no. embarrassing. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, it it is. It's. It's the worst. You're just like, what is this guy doing? Like, how did this guy that wrote some of the best punk songs ever? And after after that, he was still writing great punk songs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Poison Heart. He wasn't in the band, but he was still writing for him. I know. You're just, it's just, it's just such a (laughs) amazing thing. The cover photo is so brutal, man. (laughs) Uh, That was his, I remember reading, you know, I'm a huge Ramones fan myself, like I'm sure you are, and I read all these books, and I, you know, I'm reading the book about how Johnny would just be out of his mind because Dee Dee would be showing up at practice wearing, like, sweatsuits and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. I love it. All right, well, I'll tell you what. Let's play. Let's play another song. What's next on the list, Neil? And then we'll get up to date. We'll get up to date with Jeff. We gave him a hard enough time on his record from last year. We'll talk about what's up next from him. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, dude. Uh, no, no offense taken. I was. Uh, <laughs> I I didn't do it thinking I was going to move tons of units. It's a, a project <laughs> of love because I love well, Dee Dee. It's and funny. I challenge for myself. It's funny. I never picked up a copy of it because I screwed up, but I. Remember reviewing a few years ago, I think it was called Beyond the Spotlight or something, and I think D Cracks were on one side. I wonder if that was on Stardom. You remember? You, do you remember a seven inch from a few years ago where? Yeah, yeah. It was D Cracks and somebody else. The D Cracks and the and the Zato Packs. They each. Oh, was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it a was bunch, a fun. It was a fun a seven inch. Yeah. Over the over time, have done a song or two from from the record but no nobody but, was no one was no one was foolish enough to try to tackle all 10 tracks or 11 tracks <laughs> or and, and get 
a, a record label to actually press it. Yeah, there you go. A, a real thing. <laughs> there you so, go. I I did that. There you go. So this is the next one you picked out was this monkey. Now, now this yep. is from the Charts and Graph uh, Charts and Graphs album. It is. What's this one about? Um, this one, you know, I'm not really sure what it's about. Uh, it's like my buddy Zach and I were just hanging out one night and kind of having some drinks, and I had this riff, and we just sort of like wrote it. And we were like, "Hey, this is kind of a cool song." Uh, borrows a borrows a little turn of phrase from the Pixies, right? Yo, definitely, yeah. And we we love the Pixies. Um, we're big fans of all that stuff. The the Pixies, the Breeders, anything like Frank Black does, um, all that kind of stuff. So it just sort of came out. Like I think like, and the... that and no, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. That's a, it. Just we we wrote it that night and made a demo and. It, it didn't change. <laughs> it was just that's that. That's well, the song. I was gonna say I'm gonna kiss your ass for a second. Let me let me kiss your ass for a second if you don't mind. Because oh, God, as yeah. a as a music lover, I love it when bands incorporate other little bits of things that are sort of like Easter eggs for us music lovers. Neil, you listen to that new uh, like Black Halos do that all the time, right? Yeah, Black Halos. Maybe a little yeah. a little bit of New York Dolls or a yep. little bit of. And and I feel like it's like for us elevated music listeners that pick up on these things, you know, like like your normal schlub on the street might not, but I like it when it's like the Simpsons, you know, you got the crotch kicking joke, but then you have the elevated level of humor for the adults, and I I really appreciate that. And this this that charts of graph records had a ton of that kind of stuff, little replacement stuff, you know. Rep- I mean, some of it was obvious, some of it was a little more subtle, but anyway, it, keep up the good work, man. That's all. Oh no, dude, I I totally appreciate that. Yeah, I like to do that 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 as well and i always really appreciate it when i when i think i've picked up on something that somebody else did like that i'm yeah. always like is that what they're doing i'm i'm not sure i think so that's what i would do but i don't know yeah well it's like yeah. you know it's something like those like no effects used to have those like list songs i swear i can't imagine how many records i bought because no effects name dropped you know what i mean it's just like it's a cool oh uh, yeah it's like I mean, it's like Neil. It's like the equivalent where your kids you buy an album and be like, "Oh, the singer's wearing a T-shirt for this other band. I guess I better go buy their record." You know, it's sort of that same kind of principle, right? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, they name drop them in the uh, on the sleeve notes or something. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Neil, that that's what I was just gonna say because you started getting into punk when way before even the internet and like even before there was like for me there was like publications like uh, Maximum Rock and Roll, Flipside. Even yeah. something like Thrasher magazine would, you know, yep. have a stuff related Thrasher. to punk. Yeah. But I still like if I found a record I liked, I would read through the production credits, see if it was a name that I knew, the thanks list, mm-hmm. yep. see what other bands they thanked, and then try and find those records because I'm like, if I fucking love this record. So what was it like, you know, the generation before um where I came in, like, how would you source and find just word of mouth? Like, was there a cool underground zine that you knew about that you'd find out about bands? What, well, what you got you got to remember that in England we had the uh, we had the music weeklies. So we had new Mo- okay. uh, new musical express. We had sounds, and to a lesser extent, Melody Maker because that was like the hippie one, the uh, hippie newspaper. Um, but they'd come out every Thursday. 
So you'd go to the news agent every Thursday and you'd scour those and that's where you would get your music reviews or you know what's happening when new bands coming through or whatever. So that's where we would find a lot of that stuff would be in the three music weeklies. Um which record obviously and then when, all gone now. The walls at record stores, right? Yeah. No, and then when you did find a record that you liked, <laughs> would you read through their like thanks list and try and find other bands and stuff well, out of that? Well, sometimes, but uh, you got to remember, I was I was uh, you know seventy eight. I was fifteen years old and never a lot of money. But um, but seriously, back then when they still thought punk was going to be a threat, so some some music stores wouldn't have punk out on display they would have a box behind the counter and you'd have to ask for the punk box and they'd bring it out like it was like, like dirty like, movies yeah, yeah exactly like dirty movies yep exactly <laughs> or that's fucking cool or they or they'd have a very thin punk section and there might be like you know the the first uh the first flash album <laughs> well no no not not even because it was like a year or two before that but they'd have like the shirts and then he might have like the pirates or something, something that's barely punk, but they'd have it in there because it had a skull on the cover or something, right? Um, <laughs> and I can remember seeing the first Damned album. That album cover used to kind of terrify me as a child. Uh, nice, but, you know. Uh, but it was like that. It was so. But anything that was in the punk section, you would immediately try and buy it or something. If it was in the punk box, you know, you might not have even heard it, but you'd you'd buy it sight unseen if it had a cool sleeve, you know. Cool. Yeah, it was different days, man. Different days. I love thinking about that and just, you know, and not, not that it was a struggle. I didn't at the time realize it was a struggle, but now looking backwards to where I was, it was kind of a struggle finding sourcing bands. So then I couldn't even imagine like, because I had so much more technology to be able to find it than you did even (laughs) pre-computer. Like, yeah. Yeah, well, it was more acceptable. Funnily enough, funnily enough, a lot of you know your stuff, your solo stuff. Anyway, it reminds me a lot of the early Stiff Records stuff. Um, oh, obviously, nice! Thank yeah, you. Nick Lowe, Dave Edmonds, stuff like that. So a lot of that stuff would oh, be yeah, would, yeah. That, some of that stuff would be thrown in the punk box too. So you'd get uh, obviously the damned and the adverts were on Stiff, right? But then you'd also get yeah some Nick Lowe in there or something, or some Dave Edmonds rock pile or something, you know. <laughs> Doctor Feelgood, in- you know. That would be thrown it, in there. Yeah, I mean, that, that band, The Connection, um, that Brad and I did, That I mean, our, we literally started the idea of even starting the band by we were just sitting around drinking, listening to Rockpile. Oh, okay, we were like, gotcha. let's and we wrote, wrote a song. Like, that's where the whole fiber of that band is. Yeah. And to me, all that stuff, it, it is punk. You know, it's... It, the production's different, the slightly tone of the guitar, but just the overall, just like we're just fucking doing this and we're fucking playing. Like attitude and energy is the same. When I listen to a record like that, that I get out of listening to a, a traditional quote punk record, right? No, for sure. And unlike uh, one of the first uh, TV shows that showed punk, so it goes in England was. That, that's obviously the name of that Nick Lowe song, right? The famous Nick Lowe song. So. Ah, yeah, the one that's on the uh, soundtrack for the uh, yeah. Rock and Roll High School. Yeah, and, and Reckless Eric, too. He's on my 10 inch before. Reckless Eric's was the first 10 inch I think I ever saw. Uh, his first, oh, his, cool. His, his first EP was a 10 inch. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. Um, everything you just said, I had two things. Um, do you still follow more like um, newer? uk music 
Uh, we yeah, Well, on this show, because of doing the show, we discover so many new bands, right, Tom? I mean, we try and cover new bands. We do yeah. old stuff. Obviously, you know, we have the old stuff. I'm, I'm heavy, you know, 70s, early 80s. We, we try to balance. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm, we 50, try to balance. I'm 50, Neil 60. Yep. Really a challenge, too. But we do. We do try. Yeah. And we always make lists of the best of the year and all that kind of stuff. So who, we, always, who, we, we do our is, best. Who are you thinking uh, of in, in particular? Have you checked out the um, the Love Breakers. The Love Breakers. I have not. What are they like? Uh, they're. I think you, you might like them. I don't know. Just yeah, pull them up. They're they're easy to find. Um, I haven't gotten an official record. I've just streamed them, and I plan on getting the record. Uh, Love Breakers. I really like them. Then there's also a band Bad Nerves. I did get their record um, from like two years ago. I've seen that name. Yeah, I've heard them. Uh, their fucking album, what was it called? I'm looking, I think it's just self-titled maybe. And then they have a new thing that just that is out or is coming out alive in London. Uh, and it's fucking gnarly. It's great. Yeah, I think they made cool. one of my best of lists a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, oh, cool, cool. Uh, Talking about Power Pop, have you heard the band? For, I think they're English. The the Speedways. Yo, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. I love them. Great band, great band. Huh. Yeah. Yep. And they fit in that category with that uh, the band, the Whiffs, who's not um, from the UK. They're from actually, I think, somewhere around the the Midwest, actually. But <laughs> they're they're awesome too. Uh, if you don't know them, check them out because they fit right in with with the Speedways. Huh. Um, but yeah, look up Love Breakers. I, I think you might dig them. I know they did some. They opened for like Social Distortion or something. I don't know if that's up your bag or not, but I I thought that was uh, cool. Um, that's that's up our that's up our old men alley. Yes. Yeah, it is. Yes. I love love Social D. Well, um, it's <laughs> oh my god. In on Discogs, it's saying there's a band yeah, Love Break has got an album called Primary Colors. Yes, yes, that's it. That's yeah. them. Okay. Yeah, I really like them. They I feel. You know that they just—they're rooted in a bunch of stuff that I like. I can just like subconsciously feel it. I can't like quite put my finger on it, but I—I uh, I really, I really like them. Um, oh, and then the other thing that you brought up because you were talking about the damn so Captain Sensible. Um, are you guys Super Suckers fans? Yeah, it's yeah, funny. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna, I'm gonna see them next weekend actually. Yeah, and I saw them just oh, cool, a couple cool. weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, true. You just saw them too. That's right. Do you know the country record. Yes. that they did uh that that there's a fucking song about captain sensible that <laughs> i didn't know the story until more recently but he was maybe gonna produce something for them and he was a fucking dickhead and shit <laughs> so they wrote a song called the captain and now when you listen to it when i now when i listen to it i fully get the whole song and i'm like oh my god you guys are just like talking so much shit about captain sensible right now in a fucking country western song that's funny because they have a couple of country albums and they even have done country tours i guess i don't know i have to look that up huh. yeah it's called i think it's called the the captain i'd have to look up uh, no wait, but but like they did a couple of different albums that i would say were country albums oh this right? one is uh, must have been high oh must have been high okay Okay. Some pop, you know. Uh, matter yeah. of fact, we—it's uh, funny. We kind of Neil was pals back in the day with Rick Sims from the Digits. I don't know yep. if you know the Digits yeah, at all. Yeah, sure. And he—he he actually played with Super Suckers for a minute. Yeah, he did. A couple of he didn't have too much. He didn't have too much nice to say. Yeah, you're right. It's on the Must Have Been High album. I actually don't have that one. I have quite a few, but I don't have that one. 
must have yeah. been high is it's just it's so cool i i think it's like one of those things that people like when it came out were like what in the fuck is going on right now <laughs> but if you're in like you know country or anything like that it's you're like holy shit this is like this isn't people mocking it or doing some fake thing like this it's real and like the yeah. songs are fucking great they just sound good and then just the whole story about it just clicked in my head and i was like this is fucking awesome yeah it's the captain <laughs> have you have you uh, talk about the captain being overblown have you heard that new damned album I am not, no. I it's feel like they're of, so dull. The last couple have been so dull, it, aren't it, they? It, it, there's some good songs on there, but goddamn, his fucking, some of his guitar solos just go on way, way too long. It, it, I don't know, man. It's just super self-indulgent. It's not, it's not great. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you, know, you know what the best thing is, Neil? This is all an intro for a song we haven't played yet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. See, that's the thing. We it's the you know we always tell our guests we give you enough rope to hang yourself. Don't say anything real stupid because we don't edit much, man. We just have a long, freeform conversation. You know what is yeah. what is Matt always calls us? He calls us the Joe Rogan of punk podcasts because we guess. just go, we just go and go and go. Yeah, I mean, even though I, I've never I've never heard Joe Rogan for the record, unless someone accused me of something. But anyway, <laughs> no, I mean I I think that's fair. It's like. Just like, I mean, I guess in the recording studio, you have, you know, more f- freedom and you can be like, oh, shit, let me do that again. But like, yeah, if you're just like out and if you meet people and just start talking, what you said is like what you said. Like, you know, it's like first impressions yeah. and everything like that. Like, you know, I met you at that show when when you said hi, like I'm aware yeah. of your podcast and work. You're aware of my music, but this is the first time we've ever chatted. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's real. If we walk yeah. away being like, cool, like, we liked each other, that's great. And if we walk away being like, that is so fucking <laughs> off-putting or off-color what that guy said, like, then that's yeah. just what it is. And then we know to not continue our friendship. <laughs> I mean, we don't, it's funny, because, yeah, we really don't edit much of anything, but we've never had anybody come on and be like, you know, I just really don't like the Jews. You know, we've never had anybody, like, come on and do something really <laughs> stupid like that, you know? And we hope we never do. I'm happy. I'm happy that happened, and I hope that's because you know, naturally within the circle and scene and everything of the, that we like <laughs> for music, yeah. that it isn't as pre- isn't yeah, there, yeah. right? Yeah, no, I get that. I get and that. And those yeah. people naturally get filtered out, and you wouldn't really be aware of their band. <laughs> well, it's funny. It's funny. One, one, of, one of the few one of the few edits we've ever made was just the tiniest Joe Queer edit because he yes. said something that was crass enough that it actually made Neil blush, and he's not somebody who blushes very easily. So, well, I have a daughter, though. I have a daughter, for, so you know. See, just for that, we got to have JJ on. I mean, I of course I don't. You know, I, I only met him once in. in person and he was just such a freaking nice guy i mean just i said man i haven't seen you guys for 25 years and he just it's like we we're best buddies so and you know he writes, I, he I writes songs that make tesco v blush maybe not maybe not sure. tesco but you maybe know, not tesco. i was talking to somebody kind of recently too i think it's after the whole anti-flag thing happened yeah and uh just that you know there, there's bands like the nobodies and like even the dwarves and yep, stuff yep. that just say all this kind of shit and stuff that accusations like this, in, at least that I'm aware of, haven't come out because I don't no. think they're there. Because these are actually good people that are just like kind of creating an art and a character, and yep. or they might be living the character, but it's all fully like 
out in the public and open and real yes. and anyone that's around is fully engaged in, and invested in also being that, right? Isn't that and, what Blag said? I think Blag, we had Blag on Blag's a great interview, of course. He said something like, we've always admitted we wanted to fuck everyone. And that was just <laughs> like, that was their... Like, like, okay, and then they just only want to hang out with other people that, that feel the same. They're not yeah. trying to get somebody drunk to convince them to be that or... Yeah, or exactly. You know, then you have like the thing that just came out about anti-flag and these other stories, like other bands, and you're like, huh, that's interesting. These are the kind of bands that don't ever talk about stuff like this and just talk about what great uh. people they are and all this well t- to be <laughs> fair what a, what a, what a nightmare be- that whole that anti-flag situation is a nightmare neil and i talked about it at length on our last <laughs> podcast because they painted themselves into a no. corner where the other band members don't really believe the accusations but they basically put themselves in a position where they don't have they like have to shut down it's bizarre really i i, I, I don't know it's right it's and i mean if it is true and there's i'm just like why? Why wouldn't it be right? Uh, based well, on well, yeah, here's, hmm. here's the thing, though. The thing the other guys in the band said. So we've known this guy for thirty years, and we've never seen any poor conduct out of him. And and once again, that doesn't mean you can't do something once. There are people who rape once or do sexual assault once, but a lot of times in these situations, there's been smoke for years, you know, around some of these people. Sure. And, um, and it's you know and get get those people out of here like we, oh absolutely we that's them. that's They're, what I said too but there there needs to be right. some kind of due process right there has to be some kind of a due process I, I understand it's tricky with sexual assault because it's almost always he said he said she said but man I, I don't know it's gotten pretty brutal out there pretty brutal it it has but it's like maybe just at that point that there's for so long so many people are willing to just cover for for somebody right and finally people are like fuck it i don't need to cover for these well uh, that's anymore i do like kind of clean it up well i do Um, think we kind of it's kind of i mean the reason it's we're that there's so much backlash right now is because it wasn't taken seriously i get that but i also don't i also still think there needs to be some kind of a due process so it's it's i don't know i don't know man I, i i don't i don't have any solutions for it i don't want rapists in the scene but i also don't want people getting run out of the scene who are not guilty of something or not being sure that's fair living because of that's 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 very fair i mean to me the way that the anti-flag thing was handled by the band i it makes it hard to believe that he feels that he's innocent right like i feel like well it clearly he clearly knew it was coming because everything was shut down just like boom right like all their social media all that stuff just totally that takes a minute and it seems as though it would probably be true. I'm just trying to think for myself. If even if I knew I was going to be accused of something and I did not do it, right? Yeah. I you I would publicly be out there saying, yeah. "Please, like, listen, believe survivors and, and everything." But I'm also sitting here in the public saying I didn't do it because I know I didn't do it. Well, he actually did but come out and say that, hiding, though. He actually right. he did eventually. Yeah. yeah. Oh, did he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. He yeah. Okay. See, well, I'm, so gl- I'm so glad when I met you the other day, Jeff, that I didn't grope you. That would have been so embarrassing now <laughs> if we had this <laughs> <laughs> But I'll tell you what. We got to play this song, you know? Yeah, I guess we have to play this song now. <laughs> <laughs> this monkey. <laughs> What's it about this again? Start, this all, What's it about? This all, 
See, this is so typical, right? This is I just all started with me because I wanted to kiss Jeff's ass about these musical touch points in his songs. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's, he doesn't know what we, we went down a whole different road and exactly. Yeah, I went down like five different roads actually. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So this is from Charts and Graph. You know, this is called this monkey. This monkey. <laughs> Jeff Palmer with this monkey off of charts and graphs from what was it, 2021? Something like that. 2021. God, time flies. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So, so let's catch up to date here. You got some new stuff. I didn't. Mean, I have any idea you had new stuff coming out, but you got some new stuff coming out. What's the What's the deets, man? I do. I haven't really talked about it at all. You guys are the first people. Uh, well, like I said, we, we we're so far behind. We're so far backed up on our episodes. <laughs> yeah, it might be a month before we'll you this comes we'll out. Coordinate with you when you're ready to announce. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, that's fine. You can put it up whenever. But yeah, I guess it's uh, an an exclusive. Not that that's gonna Ooh. sell you any 
any advertising. No, that's awesome, though, man. We love it. We love it. It makes listen. We're only in this for the credibility, like you said. We, we're we're losing money. I mean, we're we're not making. We just we're we're only in it for the fame. So uh, we'll take it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So I have a new record. It'll be out um, on Stardom. Well, I think I know they emailed me. The official street date is late October. I forget the date off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, I'm just gonna kind of just bam put a single out from it without kind of telling anybody sometime soon here, and then we'll do another one, and then probably have links to order the record, and then then another one, and then the record will be out. So. What's the al- what's the album called? So, yeah, tell us about the record. It's called an an otherwise negative situation, which okay. uh, there's no uh, real story. Be I didn't like. It's not a concept album or anything. I was just, I recorded a batch of 10 songs with Zach and my buddy Kurt. And I don't know why. I think it was a line I read in a book or something. I was like, oh, this is kind of a neat line. I I wrote it down thinking it could be a, a cool song almost. And then I just, I'd sent a list to Stefan from Stardom um of potential album ideas and he just sort of really liked that one too and we were both like it has nothing to do with the record but <laughs> an interesting title right that somebody might be like what the hell is that me what is this okay cool it seems so, like it has a depth you know even if it's a fake depth right it seems like it right. has a depth to it but then i guess like you know it could have something to do with it too after that now that that's the name <laughs> yeah there you go um but yeah, it's called an, an otherwise negative situation. It's uh, ten songs, and yeah, I think it's fun. It's uh, um, oh, uh, sorry, my neighbor just knocked at the door. <laughs> Are we able? Not the. Uh, we don't have to edit it, but I do need to go. Yeah, say go ahead. Hi, what's up, real quick? Hold on. No, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Neil and I will entertain ourselves by telling anecdotes. <laughs> you first, huh? <laughs> I don't know, dude. The other day, I was kind of anecdote out after the other day after our. Yeah, we yeah we uh, shot all load the other day, didn't we? I think we're gonna get canceled. <laughs> I haven't even put that one together yet, so we got to. Well, see it's how funny. That it's it's funny because we really, you know, we were talking about it, man. We we have we have guests lined up that I don't even dare reach out to because I don't know when we're gonna get them in. Yeah, that's true, man. Is, yeah, it's true. And I'm glad uh, that it uh, yeah came together here with Jeff because, like I said, this has been a long, long time, long time, long time coming. coming. So I, guess, I guess I just had to like physically run into anybody. Yeah, well, shit, you you could might be able to talk to some people at uh, you know at uh, Savage Mountain and get some contact. Yeah. You know, well, it's funny because I was going to say that if you came to bring your laptop, we'll set up in like the VIP room. They have like a VIP room, and we'll just oh, they do? grab. Grab people as they come, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, right now, I, and you know what? It looks like I might have the time because we might not go to San Diego for another couple of weeks, but San Diego is going to be fucking expensive. For, yeah. For, for I, a week, I, 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 so, get, I get it, man. You know, I get it. Even if even if Savage Mountain's only 500 bucks or something, it's still 500 bucks that, you know, I would be I think spending. I think that's probably a fair number. Yeah, hundred bucks um, a night for the hotel, and hundred bucks a night for the hotel, and then and then you know another hundred bucks a night for drinking and yep. gas and everything else. So yeah, did you get your drugs, Jeff? He's just got flush. I, I, no, I think it's the police at this thing. He's flushing him down the toilet right now. I think I heard. I think I heard a flush because he's been drinking beer the whole time he's been talking to us. So yeah, maybe. Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I'm gonna have to check out. That, I'm gonna have to check out that Super Suckers record. It sounds good. The country one. Yeah, I, I, I sort of enjoyed their country stuff. Hmm. It's pretty authentic, I'm assuming, kind of sixties ish or something. Yeah, I would say kind yeah. of an old school outlaw yeah. type of sound. Cool. Yes. Yeah. No, I've been I, I've been every year before I go to Savage Mountain, I make Scott like a mix. Uh, a Spotify mix, so they can get excited. He's been he loves like Born with a Tail, like the Super Sucker song Born with yeah. a Tail. Hey, we're just we're just we're just BSing uh, without you. Do you get your drugs? Oh, no, too? yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what I missed. I just heard you talking about Super Suckers. Yeah, sorry. My neighbor knocked on the door. They're um having their bathroom redone, um, <laughs> kind of like remodeling their house. And he was like, "Hey, man, I know you work from home and you're around a lot." Could we use your bathroom if we ah, have to? I told tomorrow? you I heard a flush, Neil. Yeah, there was a flush. For sure. I figured it was you drinking beer. I thought it was you flushing your flushing your drugs down the toilet because the police were. No, no, I thought he was buying drugs. His neighbor's like, "Hey, yeah. man, got some drugs." <laughs> no, yeah. What's, what's the drug situation in Wisconsin? Is it uh, what's the pot situation in Wisconsin? Is it legal? So, you know, I don't really know. I I tell people to live here, and they're like. What really? But like, I there's a bar I like to go to. It's a brewery, um, and I buy weed gummies at the bar. Oh boy! Like not from somebody else at the bar, like under the table, like, li- like literally from the bar. I'll order yeah. a beer, and then I can get a little pack of like ten like gummies. Um, but I guess it's because that strain of weed is legal. I just I guess I'm oh, confused geez. with the whole fucking thing. I yeah. don't know. So they so they're well on their way. So Michigan where I am it's it's recreational legal. Is Illinois there? <coughs> Michigan, yeah, no? yeah, it's legal in Illinois, yeah. It's just recreational legal. So Wisconsin's well on its way. I'm sure it won't be long now. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, I mean, I feel like in New Hampshire before we moved it was not legal but it was decriminalized. So ah, like, yes. Unless they fucking caught you with like a pound of weed that you're clearly breaking up to sell like it's not like an issue right but I, maybe, I, I'm, a, maybe I I'm a heavy user um i don't <laughs> That's know really bad what. insomnia <laughs> yeah exactly i have a dangerously low appetite anyone who knows anyone who sees me knows that yeah like i mean i, I i'll smoke weed i was out last night at a show and someone's like hey you want to hit and i was like yeah sure but like um i'm just been the last like couple years like i i don't just smoke weed all the time i but i love gummies they're just fucking great <laughs> it's I am so not easy a, I'm, and i'm not and i know that and they're legal here so i haven't even needed to look into the law because i i don't have a joint sitting in my car so i'm good <laughs> up behind your ear yeah 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 <laughs> all right the new record is called so tell us what it's called again oh yeah so in otherwise negative situation in otherwise negative songs, situation See that sort of has a positive spin on it, right? An otherwise negative situation would insinuate that something positive is coming from the situation. Exactly. Yeah, it's like this weird play, and like, but what, what could? What is the situation that would be the negative one that you just found found the positive in? And I mean, I guess that is like in life, right? Always, always try to learn from something, any mistake sure. or anything. So yeah, that. Um, yeah, I'm pumped with it. Uh, see what people think. Like, I had a, a blast making it. Um, me, my buddy Zach, who plays on all the records, and then uh, Kurt Baker um, played bass, and Zach played drums. I did the guitar, just the three of us. We just made, made the record, and it was super fun. 
Will um, you will you try to do some shows around it for the release around the release? We will for sure. Yeah, we have a, not a lot of stuff going on. I'm I have to go. I leave on the 18th of this month to go over to Spain for Kurt's wedding. So I'll be over there for like a week and a half. Mm. Then I come home. Then we have like some Kurt Baker album release shows um, in the New England area. Then we're over in Japan for a week and a half for shows. Wow! Um, in October, and then I, for myself though, I am playing the Mom's Basement Fest. Oh, um, and, and uh, that's in uh, Ohio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you Ohio, play last? Yep. Did you play last year too? Uh, I didn't play last year, but last year Jackie and I had just moved here but okay. we only brought one of our carbs out here so then i went home back to new england saw family hung out for a little bit and then kurt and i got jackie's car which was at her parents house and drove it out to wisconsin so that way she and i would have both cars here sure um and we stopped but we timed it so we could stop at mom's basement fest it was, a like kill, a it was a killer lineup last year. And this year yeah, it was fucking two, great. They're doing two days this year, I see. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I think we're, we're go I'm going to play both days, and that'll be uh, Kurt on bass and Zach on drums. We're going to play both days. And, and, uh, oh, cool. yeah, I had a blast last year. I, I feel like that whole like Mom's Basement Records and just everyone involved in it, it's, again, just a very um, supportive cool community like most of the bands fit in the same bubble but even if they don't it's still just cool right everyone just like he is uh, he is putting out a ton of stuff too i i yeah, saw him, so i'm going to this festival i'm going to this weekend is called savage mountain punk fest it's uh in western maryland kind of in the mountains and last year on friday john from mom's basement was there i think Probably to support the Jasons. I don't know who he was there to see, but he was there with his wife or whatever. And I kind of figured he'd be there Saturday, so I didn't bother him. So I never did introduce myself. So and I, I regret that I didn't say hello, but maybe next time. Oh, you totally should. Who's who's playing at this fest? What is this all about? Uh, the Super Suckers are headlining on Saturday night. Uh, okay. The hunting, the Huntingtons from Maryland. Uh, oh yeah. The Cheats from Pittsburgh were great. Not to be confused with Dan Vapp and the Cheats. Uh, Ravages. The Ravages are headlining Thursday night. They're a great punk and roll band from Baltimore also. Uh, oh, the Pie Tasters from New York are headlining Friday with Doc Rotten, a good band from New Jersey. It's just, you know, it's it's a smaller fest, but it's a it's a great, great atmosphere. Great people run it. It's, it's a really, we're, we're actually, the, the Punk Till I Die name is on the poster. We're actually sponsoring it. Not only are we not making money, dude, we're, we're actually losing money. Tell me losing money, but making friends. How's that? Is it, you know what? Honestly, dude, I, it's so worth it, too. I mean, yeah. I, I just, you know, I, I love what I love about to do this podcast is we can go anywhere and somebody knows who we are and we have somebody to drink a beer with. And that's that's always great, man. I love yeah. that. Yeah. And wh but, where is it? I'm going to have to look this up. It's in it's in a place called Cumberland, Maryland. It's in the west side of Maryland. It's kind of like between Pittsburgh and DC, Baltimore area. All right, awesome. It's out in the mount. It's out in the mountains. It's in a, it's in the sticks, man. It's I mean it's you know it's it's a couple hundred people, but the vibe is so good and it's just so friendly. It's just it's I I this is my third year in a row going. The first year we went was because our dudes uh, Sloppy Seconds were playing and it was oh fuck yeah. It, 
was coming off COVID. And it's like, you know what? So what if it's eight and a half hours? Let's just drive over there and do it. So I've seen sloppy. I can't even tell you how many cities I've seen sloppy in. I, I was sad that they were playing Rebellion just like last weekend and we couldn't go. But we've seen them in Austin and Vegas. And, you know, they love to see us jump off the plane and cover their show. It's their favorite thing. Oh, uh, dude, there's a, you got a great body, but your record collection. Exactly, is, that exactly. That pops in my head all the time. And then the it's CIA. Oh, the, the whole, the whole, all the, honestly, all their stuff is great. I mean, they only have like four full lengths, but the, it's all great. It's all great stuff. I can't oh. wait to, I can't wait to catch up with them and hear all about Europe because they hadn't been there since the 90s. So. Right. I saw that they were just over there. When I was, uh, like, first getting into punk, like, I, I, got, I liked, I got into the Vindictives and I liked them. And then, yeah. of course, I was like, um, knew who Sloppy Seconds were and stuff. But at the at very first, I'd sometimes get them confused because their voices aren't the same, but they're not that different. Yeah, real snotty, real snotty kind of voice. Yeah, so, yeah. and so they're both and both I'm, BA and Joey Vindictive are great at writing those sort of twisted. Once again, those sort of twisted lyrics that have sort of a double. Uh, double meaning, you know, like like think with sloppy seconds. You listen, the more you listen to it, the more you realize how clever it is. Okay, like, totally, like how, clever, how clever the lyrics are. Yep. But anyway, yeah, this is the first year we haven't seen them in a while. Even though we did get to hang out with BA a little bit, didn't we, Neil, in the spring? We did. We got, yeah. to, hang, we got yeah. to hang out with BA, and in we did a in we did a we did along with a good friend of ours. We did a Joy Ramone birthday bash, believe it or not, in Indiana, and it was such great fun. We had uh, the the queers actually headlined. I saw the poster for that, and the putts played. Yep, yeah, the putts, the putts, yep. yep, 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 and yep. another local band, and yeah, don't we kind of like yeah. we kinda, we kind of like emceed it. It was it was great fun. I think we're gonna do it again next year, even though I can't really divulge. But Matt's always working, and I think he's got big plans for next year. So <laughs> awesome, it'd, dude! It'd be that a good rules. time. Good time, good time. So, okay, Jeff, where do people find you? You got all the regular social media stuff, right? Or you, yeah, what's I'm, the best not, way for people to follow you? Not hard to track down. Uh, whatever social. It's G off, by the way, right? It's not J F J E F F. It's G off. Which when I met you, you said that's like the way it's supposed to be spelled, right? That's the uh, the traditional proper, um, you know, uh, English, English way. Yes, spelling. that's the English yep. way. Yep. G e o f f r. Oh, you English people, Neil! I'm telling you, I, the more I learn about the English, the more I think the only thing left of the British Empire is their smugness. Yeah. <laughs> what do you fuck you? And the great music, you son of a bitch! Yeah, chasing rolls of cheese down the hill. What are they doing? <laughs> what are they doing over there? And then what's funny, my middle name is Charles, and oh, then Palmer, so it's like it's very British, like Jeffrey Charles Palmer. Dude, you're probably you're probably got more royal blood than than uh, that one Prince Charles kid. That's not really his. <laughs> that's the redhead one. Not, not Prince Charles, you fucking ignoramus. No, his kid. Though, the one, he's got the he's got the one kid. One of the Prince Charles kids looks just like uh, the bodyguard. It does. The redheaded yes, yes. one. Yeah, that's Harry. <laughs> Je- Jeffrey Jeffrey Charles Palmer is probably has more more royalty than that kid. Wow. But. <laughs> yeah, but so, I, I'm easy to track down on any like Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Just like it's <laughs> it's easy. <laughs> there you go. And of course, I'm sure you do Bandcamp and all that stuff, right? Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Bandcamp. The music's all digital on any of the streaming things, and then just you know, Stardom Records is a good place if anybody's interested in. I gotta look at um, that machine shop too, because like I said, I, I'm always looking for good distro of the European stuff because I'm such a cheapskate. I hate being European. <laughs> European shipping, oh, no. even though well, he's got I mean, Dutch dude, blood, it, the shipping is the cost of the record. You yeah, know? it is. Yeah, all more. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah I'm, too, I'm too tight for that. There's too many great American records I don't have yet. 
Well, so, I, okay, so Jeff, do you want to introduce the, you, the cut off the new record? Do you want to? Oh, that's right. We got a brand new exclusive. Yeah, exclusive. Track. Yeah, so I don't even think this will be one of the singles. I think this is just, I, I just like this one, and you guys were like down to play a new song, so I sent it over. It's called FOMO, just, you know, that slang, fear of, fear of missing out. Fear of missing out, okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's not really much <laughs> else to say about that. It's that that's what the song is about, and yeah, it's on on the new record. All right, I'll let's... tell you what. Why don't we spin this, and then yep. we'll come back and say goodbye and let Jeff, Jeff go eat his dinner. Sounds good. But yeah. Before yeah. he gets so drunk, he can't stand up. <laughs> yeah, all those that, gummies that as well, man. Takes a lot more than a few hams, my man. Dude. You know, that's me and you, me and you both, man. Every yeah. time Neil and I get together, he's always amazed at my ability. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, what else am I doing? I'm a cheap date, so well, you know, doesn't yes. take much. Um, All right, well, so, you're so, you're no. drinking whiskey, though. I mean, that's that's a little different. Nah, I'm drinking gin, but you know. Oh, gin. Good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But Mother's just again, proper, proper Englishman, Jeff. Proper yeah. Englishman. Proper English woman. Mm-hmm. What drink do you think is crass as American whiskey? All right, let's spin this. Yes, here we go. Uh, Jeff Palmer off the new record out soon. This is uh, FOMO. in me. 
that was uh, Jeff Palmer off his new record, which look for that in a in October sometime. Um, Late track, October, yeah, yeah. That track was called. Based on the track record, like I said, the first two are great. I don't know the first one super well, but I'm gonna buy it here. I'm gonna go. I know the, get it from the machine shop or I know the basement. first one I know the first one better than the second one actually the first okay. one is fantastic yeah I like it a lot yeah oh, good, thanks guys it's <laughs> good stuff man I'm, like I said I'm glad we could catch up even though it was a little uh, later than I intended but that's how these things go sometimes like you know if it doesn't if at first you don't succeed try try again so maybe totally. someday and we'll both be back you know, in Milwaukee and we can have a beer again Oh yeah, definitely, dude. I, I go up there for shows all the time, and um, yeah, I also think what's cool is the way we reconnected was just by running into each other at a show. You That's know? the best. Like, yeah, it's not a forced thing, and it's not like I'm not like digging <laughs> for like press for Publicity. a record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To get On podcast, and you're not like digging trying to get people on your. It's like we just saw each other because mm-hmm. we both on our own accord went exactly. out exactly your eyes locked and, and you well, fell and in always, love well it's always yes, it's a, it's a fancy <laughs> show. well and it's always it's always sort of better when because it's nice that you had something to promote but like as long as some people are too focused on that it's like let's just shoot the shit let's just see what happens you know let's just let's just uh and I was uh I was always curious about your uh nobody slash queers years so are, are you gonna to- are, you, are you gonna be down in Chicago at all in the near future, um, I don't think that there's a show directly on my list. Oh, actually, it's a little outside of Chicago, Rockford. Mm. Um, I want to go see. Uh, well, it's the Dropkick Murphys, but they're touring with the Interrupters, and then um, this guy Jesse Ahern. Oh yeah, yeah. He with. he played he played with them in Grand Rapids. Yeah, I saw him. He was he yeah. was good. He's got kind of great. The, yeah, yeah. I, uh, so I, I, I know him. I know him from Boston. He's a great guy, and he's he's opening that tour. And I've never seen the Interrupters either, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to that show. But uh, if there's anything cool in Chicago, like it's, I can get in the car and be there in under you know two hours. So well, T yeah. T One Fest at Reggie's in uh, I think September, right, Tom? Yeah, that's the big pop punk fest. Yeah, T One Fest is going to be. I mean, yeah. that's, it's it's for a great cause as well. Uh, juvenile diabetes. Yeah. I'm sure so. we'll we're we're friendly with the Capcom Heroes. I'm sure we'll probably be helping them promote that as much as we as much as we can. So yeah, but that's going to be a good one. That's like three nights. Yeah, Queers, yeah. Teenage Battle Rocket, and Flatfoot Fifty Six are your headliners. So yeah. can't hardly go wrong with any of those. Yeah, that's then, right. Yeah, yeah. I think the methadones are playing. I think yep. I think uh, Danny Vapp and the Cheats are playing. I mean, it's 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 really. I, I don't remember who all the play. I don't even want to say, but it's it's a real solid, real solid lineup. So that'd be a awesome. great. That'd be a great Jeff. You should you should call. I, I'll tell you what. We'll we'll put a bug in their ears if one of the other bands you know has a crippling addiction and has to drop out or something. We'll see if we can get you on the bill. Totally. That'd be great, or that'd be, a, that'd be a great Jeff Palmer show. Or or next year too because they did this last year right this is yep. the second or third this year is the, at them. least the third year but they, they had one year uh, you know every, once again they started before covid everything so everything kind of got screwed yeah. up yep there used to be a great festival at the extra arcade in milwaukee where we met mm-hmm. called dumber fest i think they did three times and i wish they would bring that back but i think that was a uh, was the dude from direct hit who doesn't have anything to do with the bar anymore that was such a good festival yeah it's called dumber right fest. It was like yeah. Mass Intruder played one year. I mean, the year I, the second year that we went, it was like negative approach and off of their heads. It was amazing. Huh, that's funny. 
Well, we were talking about Madison before, like Madison Shooters from here, the drummer yeah, that's still right. lives here. So he actually just, uh, my girlfriend and I were at um, a quick trip, like, you know, five minutes from the house. And I saw this dude in, you know, just like black jeans and chucks and he had a hoodie on and it said uh, the name of this drum company. And I was like, I think that's the Mast Intruders dude's drum company. So I was just like, hey, man. But I've never and- seen him because he always has his freaking face covered, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I just started talking to him. And and it's the drummer from Master Tutor, so I just like, I'm officially met him at uh, at a quick trip. <laughs> well, there you go. Gas right in town. So are they are they done? Um, I don't I don't know. Like we didn't get into that. He ended up I ended up running a snare drum off of him. So he came over to the house and hung out for like an hour or two um, hmm. a few weeks ago. He was have he had surgery on his hand. And then the members have sort of dispersed. Yeah, he didn't one of them mention in Europe that they're not a band, but he, they're clearly not doing anything right now. But I also didn't like prior ask. We were just uh, talking for, about that first record was so great, but I kind of unfortunately they kind of paid themselves in the corner with that gimmick. I think. But anyway, all right. You know that can happen. That can happen. It can, yeah, it, it can. can. Yep. Anyway, Jeff, it was it was a real pleasure catching up with you, man. Yeah, Playing thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate yeah, it. Oh hell yeah! We, 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 we put the songs in this thing. It's gonna be like two and a half hour infomercial. It's gonna be amazing. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. But still, it's good though. Over but I think right? it, I, I, I want people to check out your music, man. It's good stuff. Like I said, I, I really enjoy your soul stuff. I, I know some of your other stuff too, and uh, I'll dig into some more of it. Uh, you know, as time goes by. So hell looking, yeah, man! Looking forward to the new record. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Yep. Me, too, me too. It's always fun putting new music out into the world. It's it's funny because it's like by the time it's done and recorded, right? So I'm already like thinking about like fuck. Okay, we're working. What's on next? Stuff. Yeah, so it's yeah. almost like it's not old, but it's like yeah. <laughs> I'm still very excited about it. It's new to everybody else, so it's there you go. This calendar year's release. <laughs> there you go. Cool, man. Well, all right. Like well, thanks. thanks for coming on. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And, uh, guys. Keep a little mark in your heart, everybody, and stay free. And, Tom? Uh, We'll smell you later. Smell you later, everybody. Bye-bye. Okay, that brings us to the end of another show. Hope you enjoyed it. Remember, keep a little mark in your heart, and we'll be back the same mark time, same mark channel. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. (laughs) Ever get the feeling you've been cheated? Good night. What a fucking rotter. What a load of old shit. Thank you, fuck you, bye, boom. Okay.